Hello, everyone. Welcome to Popcast on the Rocks, episode 68. It's a Friday, not a Wednesday. Welcome to the show. This is a podcast where we talk about pop culture things that interest us. And sometimes there's whiskey or other alcoholic beverages. Uh, <laughs> my name is John, and I am joined once again by Andrea. Hi, everybody. And uh, for the video viewers, you can see that Mr. Chris is back as well. Still, Chris. Cheers, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you know I get used to calling people Mister sometimes now from uh, Taekwondo, so it's oh, like sure. Mister Luke, or it's that's yeah. Mister that's Mister Stewart for you. Look at the sign, John. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, no, yep. he better be calling me Mister Stewart. Okay. Well, all right. Well, your your call. <laughs> hey, I've got the sign. I've got the power, man. All right. <laughs> Um, yeah, we've played name roulette on this uh, show before, so, mm -hmm. you know, do it more people. That's true. John has introduced me as John and he's been Andrea for the day. So, you know, completely sober, by the way, I just, yeah. you know, I know this. My teleprompter was wrong. Who put that in there? Damn, you know man. what? You know what? At least you had like real names. You didn't try to call me like Adele Dazim or some other That's such. Fair. That's John will cool. read anything that's on the teleprompter. <laughs> and I mean, anything. <laughs> Have a good night. Burgundy over here. Yeah. Chris is like, I made a joke. I'm out. Peace. Uh, Success. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's uh, been a couple weeks now, uh, Chris, since you've been on. So what have you been up to? Uh, well, you know, uh, Raising the uh, raising the future uh, Marvel uh, fanatic, and uh, my family's in town this week, so we're getting a little uh, less time outdoors and hanging out with family. And um, time is flying. It's July is the quick month for for teachers, so it's um, been a fast month. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, um, you were mentioning that uh, uh, pre-show that Pokemon Fest or something is happening. You updated mm -hmm. us on. Pogo, dare I cringe to say it uh, <laughs> as such, um, <laughs> last time. So what's our what's our new uh, Pokemon update? If you're going to walk the walk, you got to talk to talk, John. So now you're part of the clan. <laughs> <laughs> well, this weekend we have Pokemon Go Fest, which um, for any uh, loyal Pokemon Go player, uh, typically speaking, they bring everybody in. Um, uh, they, uh, you buy a pass and, uh, you are at least the one in, in, at this time of year typically is, uh, typically held in Chicago. Um, and there are often thousands of people, uh, occupying hotels and stimulating local businesses and hanging out in the park for the day and getting special events and it's, um, special events and special spawns, et cetera. And it's geo, geo locked. So it's only people right. who are in the park with the pass get those things, but um, obviously, they, they can't do that for uh, for uh, lots of reasons. But uh, last year and this year, they have done uh, local uh, Go Fest. So it's a mm. global event starting uh, tomorrow, lasting the whole weekend. Um, and they have some special events going around in about seven or eight different uh, international locations, including Chicago. Um, nothing exclusive if you travel there. But um, yeah, so for any Pogo player, they are furiously uh trying to uh delete pokemon they no longer need and and create space so they can uh take advantage of some of the uh excitement um but yeah it runs from 
runs from 10 to 6 uh, the next two days. So, Okay. Yeah, I historically just wasted all my Pokecoins uh, on, like, expanding my Pokemon storage. Because it was too yeah. tough yep. to go through and delete everything. So it's like, oh, my God. I, it, I mean, half my damn Pokedex is filled with holiday event Pikachus. Jesus. Seriously, it's a problem. I uh there's like male and female ones, and it's just like oh my god. Yep. Yeah, and and that's I think that's what's kept me interested in the game is that you every player gets to play it in the only in the way that they want to. So some players are minimalists, uh they don't keep one of everything because they don't want it. They just keep one of the evolutions. Some people are really passionate about battling, which is obviously a thing now and um some people are really passionate about uh, um, shiny Pokemon or event Pokemon or lucky Pokemon or whatever it might be. And it's, I think it's fun that everybody gets to spin the game they want to, the way they want to. So, mm-hmm. sure. yeah, I am. A, I'm a hoarder, by the way. I have to get one. I have to get the one of everything. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. I regret. I think I got rid of my like first pokemon like that's what i regret like not thinking about the time yeah and um just the first because you know we're gonna be going the lake in like a week or whatever and that's when so we're like coming it's not it's always like the anniversary to me then it's around the same time when the game came out because when it first launched we were up at the lake and uh running around and just freaking out at every little thing that came that appeared and i wish i would have kept some of those because I have some quite early ones from like the maybe a month after that or something, but not those mm-hmm. initial we'll, ones. We'll talk offline. We should do some trades. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I deleted my starter too. I, I was sentimental about it for a while, but it just, it, for so many years, there was a point where they just, they refused to expand storage and that kind of stuff. And you just didn't have yep. room mm-hmm. to keep junk around and and it kind of varied with you if any of your early ones were any good so i think my i think i i've been playing since day four i think day three that it was out and um which has now been five years and um uh i think my my oldest one is only a few years old now so oh okay okay yeah oh man I've crashed a whole lot. Yeah, I, I got some that would make you jealous and i suppose i have a i think a hitman lee that's from like like the month after the game started or something. Nice. So. Well, there's some uh, nowadays. There's uh, guaranteed luckies if you uh, if you trade an old a Pokemon that's old enough. So again, mm. we'll talk about that offline. I'll give you some new, really fancy <laughs> thing that you want. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> even have it installed anymore. We haven't played it in quite a while. Like um, sure, I know. Have, so I'm so lucky, friends with your wife. It's perturbing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we um like. We had uh, Harry Potter as well mm-hmm. then, yep. and so it things started to get like it became too much for us. We were yeah. um, like we'd go to town and we'd always have to do a run, and mm-hmm. it was fun yeah. to to do that. But it got to be or we'd be walking somewhere, and it just like it was just always on the mind. It was just always yep. there. And then yep. switching, deciding to switch between that and Harry Potter, like kind of mm-hmm. doing some of both. It just was like, yeah. it ended up being, um, I, I don't know what exactly for sure killed it. I think if I would have stuck with it, Ashley probably would have too. But yeah, um, sure. yeah I don't know. I played, 
I played Harry Potter for about, I don't know, two weeks and kind of realized the same thing and, and, and stuck with Pogo. Andrea has kind of took the, took the long loop. She kind of let Pogo go for a while and really got into Harry Potter, but she's migrated back now. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, with, with the birth of a small one, I, I really only had time to focus on one. Um, and since mm-hmm. Chris was, you know, so into to Pogo, and I'd, I'd kept it going um, enough. So I just, like, kind of switched back to focusing on that. Because for some reason, I, I, I truly find this baffling. Niantic, who runs both of them, decides to put their events on the same days. So, mm-hmm. like... The same day that Harry Potter would be having, you know, like a special wizarding community event or, you know, um, it was going to be one of their events. It would be a Pokemon event, too. So if you're a player of both of them, that is really, really difficult to, you know, get the the tasks that you need to get done, the walking that you need to get done or the, you know, you get to get opportunities to catch or, you know, you know, for um, Harry Potter, put put images in the registry. It's just so hard to do double duty like that. Yeah. And I, I just don't know why you would sort of like shoot yourself in the foot if you want to encourage players of both games to do it, why you would schedule them like that. Right. Because so. they're not like really disparate things. I mean, they're the not. generation is like covers both. Like, it really know, like does. A, so... Yeah. yeah well, so, and that, and, and that wasn't neither one was either was, was their first game built on the same technology. There's still a huge ingress community uh, that still there? plays using okay. game, yeah, still plays is using the the same access points and that kind of stuff. So yep. I, I don't know. I, I I wonder if it's just they they recognize what all of us kind of did independently is that you they probably don't have too many people that can really dedicate themselves to more than one, yeah. so they're going to end up trying anyways. I guess, yep. but I just don't know why, like, the few people that do play both, you would want to chase them away by, you know, even, yeah, even that- like, you know, you could just, like, schedule a couple overlapping. I mean, I get it. There's only so many weekends and so many weeks in a year and stuff, and if you want to get events going, sure, yeah, like, sometimes they're going to have to overlap, but it was every single time. It was just, mm-hmm. like, you know, or 12 events in a row. server load. Yeah, you know, just like so that so that you don't out. have people from either or both complaining about, you know, like, oh, I had all these issues entering a battle or, mm-hmm. you know, it ate up my pass or, you know, whatever. And then you're stuck, you know, doing customer service all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't put it in the news, but there is a we might try um, the there's a Witcher one coming. Oh, really? Uh, like a Witcher hmm. a monster something or another. I forget what it's called. And um, but yeah, it's it's the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's coming this month, I think. I think the end of the month. So might try that. I also like I run a we both run VPNs on our phone now and stuff. I don't mm-hmm. I, I do what I can most of the time as long as it doesn't in, include in inconveniencing others to not use Google and yeah. obviously Niantic's, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Ingress started as, you know, I think they were, was Niantic even part of Google? I don't remember, but either way, uh, you got to allow the full tracking a hundred percent of the time. If you want to hatch eggs, you're tracked a hundred percent of the time. Like it's, mm-hmm. and it's not like there's any sort of privacy element. There is your user account, associate with your Google account 
-hmm. here I am all the time. And yeah. I'd have to turn off my VPN all the time or whatever, probably to play it. And then that's yeah. not yep. gonna. So I don't know. It's it's a shame. We definitely, definitely had fun times playing. Yeah playing those and um i really like the battling a lot in in harry potter so mm -hmm. yeah yep okay there alan scott the company was formed as niantic labs in 2010 as an internal startup within google oh cool so, and they found that too the witcher monster slayer a r g <laughs> they call it wow a a r augmented reality game i guess uh, i, I love that tagline <laughs> Created by Nantic or created by someone else? Um, it's a good question. Let's find out. In the meantime, um, I'm going to read the tagline. It's like Pokemon Go, except everything wants to kill you. Okay, well, they'd, they'd, be, they'd, be, they'd be sued if it wasn't Nantic, so I'm guessing, I'm guessing it is. How <laughs> bad it is, them. Yeah, um... I don't know. Um, okay, let's see. Early access, early registration is opened up for it on Android, so you can jump oh. in here. Official website. Let's see. Only on uh, Android, um, huh? Uh, just the early access. Man. Um, no, it's um, copyrights. Spoco SP. Hmm. So not Niantic. Interesting. Man. We'll see how that goes. Like if they have a rough launch too, because obviously, you know, Niantic went through it and they've got the, uh, the infrastructure now and kind of got it down. I, so I don't, I don't know a great deal about the Witcher, but I have a hard time imagining they're going to have the kind of cult following that Pokemon Go did like to be able to create a, a network that large. I mean, well, when Pokemon Go first came out, that was certainly a cultural, mm -hmm. you know, that was. A yeah, movie. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't sure. think Witcher will have that. Um, but it was a part because I think you know there is definitely obsessive fans for Pokemon, and it's seen a resurgence. Like it's it has very wide appeal. Mm -hmm. Witcher mm -hmm. is not going to share the same sort of wide appeal. Like yeah. I don't doubt the number of fans is definitely. Um, I mean, a well loved game especially now with the show on Netflix, a whole bunch more people brought, bought the game, a lot more mm -hmm. exposure to it. And they're going to be redoing a lot of it for next mm -hmm. gen. It's going to be on or current gen now, I guess. So. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think part of what made Pokemon go successful early on um, was marketing to families you know, like sure. it's something yeah. you can do with kids. Like they can have this cute little account and catch, you know, all the little pocket monsters. Yep. Like it was touted as like a fitness thing. Like everybody gets outdoors and goes walking and goes, you know, hunting yep. for these Pokemon. So I, it, it really, it got like a lot of demographics that like, if the Witcher <laughs> games tagline is it's like Pokemon Go, but everything tries to kill you. Obviously, they're not going to market it to kids like right. like little, yeah. little kids. I mean, you know, whereas Pokemon Go could be like, oh, like your five and six year old could do this. So, yeah. you know, lots of families, that's like we know lots of families where they have, we have no lots of families where there's like five, five devices in one car and they're just like the kids aren't really doing much to help, but they're playing. So, yeah, right. Yep. Yep. 
170 um, well, million people. 170 million downloads is what Pokemon Go has had since its origins. So, oof. Okay. Okay. It's impressive. About one percent of the world population. That's pretty significant. I wonder. I wonder how much, like their monthly active users, and how much money they mm. make. You know. Yeah, that'd Obviously, be interesting. It's like I think for me, anyway, as a person goes a while playing the game, and you're like, okay, this is mm-hmm. this is great, and I'm not spending any money. That's awesome. But eventually, like, well, this is the game is free, you know, and like I want this stuff. So then you you put something into it. I we had a, t- a period of time where it's like, okay, we can each do the ten dollars a month. Mm-hmm. So whatever yeah. coins you earn yep. or whatever, and then you're ten dollars a month, and that seemed that's about fair. what we do too. Mm-hmm. That's about what we did. Uh, Google tells me it's 1.3 billion this year. Okay, it's how much. Okay. It's how much dollars? Pokemon. But yeah, okay. for the year. Yeah. Okay. For 2020. Yep. Oh, okay. okay. I mean, so it's a billion, billion, dollar, billion dollar business. Like that's, and that's not yeah. their only game. Pretty well, impressive. I'm. I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of interested to find out if like like 2020 was a typical year or not like did people put more money in because people were feeling like stuck in their houses and like they couldn't yeah you know like they couldn't do other stuff so they like really like focused in and and bought you know extra things or you know maybe it's the opposite or maybe it was a typical year you know like it, I'm was, just... it was it was a big jump i'm, I'm looking at the charts right now okay. it's about a 30 it's about a 30 percent increase last year but it's like 0.9 like so, nine hundred million a year the last two years prior. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So. Still, yeah, nothing to they, sneeze at, but yeah, they, clearly they, a big jump. They, they did, yeah, they did good about making the game playable during the pandemic, though. So. Yeah. Yep. Well, just while I brought it up and uh, to get out of the way quick, I'll oh, say yeah. that because um, it was part of the Witcher Con uh, that was last Friday, we could go. Um, so. If anyone is interested in The Witcher, there's a lot of content to watch there. I stayed away from it, honestly. Um, I don't really want to <laughs> see the trailer. I'm just I'm ready to watch it, ready to go. Sure. So I saw these few announcements, you know, here with the more details on the game, and um, they're doing uh, an animated series and stuff like that. So you guys got to get in The Witcher. Darn it. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's I mean, on our even list. If it's just the show, because if, if it's just the show that that like that could draw you into the games too or whatever. But I I love this show a lot. I thought they did a really good job. It was on our list, um, and then I was I was sort of thinking like, oh, I don't know if Chris is really committed to this, and like I'll start it. And he caught me, <laughs> he caught me starting the first episode, and he came in and he was like, what is this? Like <laughs> I wanted to watch that, so so I had to back out. Yeah. And uh haven't haven't you know watched without him. So that'll spite be next. Is keeping us from watching. <laughs> What'd you say? So it's a spite is keeping us from watching it. <laughs> well, well, I didn't have... I didn't want to leave you out, so because you clearly yeah. cared and you were mad. So so that'll be one of our year. next ones. You got a year till season two. More oh, than wow. a year. So um that's oh, wait. Case. No, I'm sorry. I read this wrong. Alan posted the release date. It's it's this year, this December. Okay, I was going to say, my so. goodness, that would have been an early, early trailer drop. I mean, yeah, you know, nothing wrong right. with getting your audience excited, but dang. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, sounds like a, I know. Sounds like an August project. 
We also need to watch Mandalorian, so. Yes. Well, yeah, I don't know when the next season of that's coming. That's got to be, I'm sure, in the works, too, so. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. you're two seasons behind on that. Mm-hmm. So. It happens. There's a lot. Um, well, Andrea, how about yeah. you? Are you? I'm sure you're doing Poke Pokemon Go Fest too, but uh, I what am, else has been happening? I am indeed. Um, obviously, we've been watching Loki since we're talking about it tonight. Um, in other like semi-Witcher-related news, um, I grabbed Blood of Elves, um, the book that Witcher is based on. Um yeah. And I haven't cracked it open yet. I just have it, but it was on my next reading to-do list. So okay, cool. I'm excited to start that. Well, that'll be, I mean, I don't know. Witcher is one of those things that seems like, at least from what I've um, witnessed, the community is not particularly upset about all the deviations. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're separate entities, Yep. Um, you know, between the books and the game and the show, it's all like it all feels Witcher and everybody just likes Witcher in general and doesn't seem to get too bent out of shape about the differences. Yeah, like they feel segmented to. I, I don't know. Maybe that maybe I'm missing a part of the community that uh, doesn't feel that way. But that's good. That's because honestly, like, it's so hard when you. And you get that feeling either way where, you know, people feel let down by, you know, mm-hmm. film adaptations or adaptations or, um, you know, then you get, then you get the other segment of the population who's like introduced via those media. And then they like go back and they think like, oh, I'll read the books. And then they're like, oh no, it's like, this is, everything is so different. So yep. it's, it's honestly nice to, <laughs> to hear, um, that, you know, everybody's like happy with them being their own separate but related things yep because it's like the show i think maybe wisely i guess is the show is based on the books Mm -hmm. but it's clearly heavily influenced by the games right so it really is a a a jumble you know a work of the two so yeah um okay well you'd let us know what that's like if you start yeah definitely um, I've been watching Rick and Morty still caught up on a couple episodes of that. Um, and then I being, I finished Demon Slayer the other week. I watched, um, my hero. I'm starting back up with my hero academia. Okay. Which is just really good. Like if yes. you, as long as you're looking for that kind of show, mm-hmm. um, it is so, um, it's quick pace. There's not so far. There's not these filler episodes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of characters that they give time to. Um, it's very motivational and inspirational. Like mm-hmm. is this is a great like young adult, you know, show. It's just it's really, really good so far. So, yeah, I remember you you had when watching it before and recommended it. So I started it and I think I'm only God, I want to I want to say just like five episodes in or something. So like super early, but I just remember liking every single one and it was mm-hmm. really fun. Um, yeah, it was another like superheroes are mainstream kind of. Yep. Like one punch man, um, but obviously, you know, different premise. 
Yep. But yeah, I remember really liking it. So I should get yep. back into that as well. Um. Oh, I didn't bring this up when talking about a Witcher. I started playing Gwent again. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, and then I was playing and Ashley saw me playing and was like, oh, that looks fun. I remember that. So she yeah. started playing again on two. So we'll probably try to um, play a couple games against each other tonight. Um. And then uh, this last week, I went to a paranormal convention. Oh, so, fun. Yeah, it was in Duluth. So, okay. Um, what was That's that, Chris? Not... I said interesting, like Supernatural, that type of, the Paracon, that, the, the big one? Like, um, it's a big one for Minnesota. For mm -hmm. uh, oh, okay. like, like, the paranormal stuff is more like people from ghost shows and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, okay. like ghost hunters and psychic ghost mediums and, <laughs> and all those sorts of things. Um, but there's like, uh, it's not something I've historically into, but it's really, um, it's a really nice community. It's like surprisingly not too large, um, or they seem very friendly. You can make friends easily if you want. And I did something that you guys would appreciate. Um, Ooh. so we, we were. This was a little different than most years or whatever, where the convention is not in the same in like the hotel, you know? Oh, so it's in the convention center in Duluth and then you have a hotel. But we fortunately got the hotel where it seemed like all the celebrities and different people were hanging out. So one night we were at the bar hanging out there and stuff and it was pretty quiet and whatever. And then I realized right behind me is one of the, like jukebox things. And so I like downloaded the app to be able to play songs and mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, what's this crowd? Like I was playing a lot of rock and like angsty stuff and whatever. And then, um, but I also played the Pokemon theme and yes! I was, I was just was waiting for responses. I'm like looking around nothing. I nothing. Cause I was like, we were at different cons. We were at the anime convention. Everyone would stop what they're doing and start singing. And Absolutely. <laughs> So I and then I it was a thing throughout the night that I would just here and there play the Pokemon theme, just waiting to see if someone's like, is that are they playing the Pokemon theme again? You know? Um, <laughs> but so the, yeah. I want you to know the second you said the Pokemon theme in my head, it went -na -na. Yeah. and I just like immediately yeah. I want to be the very best. The yeah, best that I ever sure. like it just it happened immediately. Yep. <laughs> so it was um, it was fun. It was a fun time. We met some some kind of old friends or whatever, played the Pokemon theme too many times. And uh, yeah, it was good. So and uh, we met. Oh, we met the people from the show, their destination fear. And so because of that, we started watching the show. Uh, and that's been a lot of fun. Cool. And and I got my orange belt in Taekwondo. So right. I congratulations. Did my first test. My first like still injured managed to test. Thing, nice. So, yeah. Where is that? Where's orange on the scale? Is it it's your like first the belt? Very beginning. Yeah, it's okay. yeah. Well, so you start with white, but you don't okay. have to test for white. You don't you know, I don't know. It's like automatic. It's just where you start. It's like, well, I don't know what is officially the way um my master seems to treat it uh, is that you um like 
once you've proven you're dedicated enough, like you're mm-hmm. going to be there and you're committed, and you buy a uniform and stuff, then you get the belt, the white belt. Okay. And then orange um, is the first one. And it's not, it seems like everybody does it, but it's not an official, like it doesn't have a meaning. Every other belt color basically has a meaning behind mm-hmm. the color. Orange doesn't. So, oh, but either way, yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. It's good. So, well, congratulations, Orange Belt. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Speaking of orange things, I think there's a drink that's kind of orange ish, at least in presentation. <laughs> uh, drink fast- holidays. I was fascinated what their segue was going to be there. There's so many directions. <laughs> John comes up with the good segues, really. Uh, um, no. You do. You do. I uh, I don't know that I could do that. So, um, But, yeah, so we've got two drink holidays this week uh, that happened on Monday and Wednesday. Um, Monday, and I don't – I'm going to say it wrong. I know I am. So, Michelada, Michelada. Like, you know, okay. (laughs) So, yeah, so I'm going to say Michelada. Um, but yeah, so it is, uh, um, basically beer in a Bloody Mary. That's, that's the drink. And that's not, that's not, it it sounds awful. And honestly, I've only ever seen one person drink one, um, you know, like the morning after like a long night of drinking to, you know, quote unquote, get a little hair of the dog, cure a hangover. But honestly, like, I don't know. I'm sure there's a subsection of people out there who love it. Don't at me or at me. Tell me why it's good. Um, But yes, this is a thing that exists. And on Monday was the day to celebrate it. If you should so choose. Well, so it's a, it's a Mexican drink, so that does that change how you would pronounce the name to you? Um, still be Michelada, right? Yeah, I would think so. Michelada. I guess I don't. Yeah, I don't have to like pronounce it so like you know, Anglo, um, <laughs> <laughs> which I did. It's a Michelada, y'all. Um, I think you're. I think you're right. Me, that, the, the, yeah. okay. Michelada. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. all right, Michelada. Yeah. All right. Whatever you say, Google. Yeah. <laughs> For a second, I, I thought just... you like had tried to record me or something. I was like, really? <laughs> 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 Dang, I'm gonna have to watch what I say. Um, no, okay. So that's that's good to know that at least I was pronouncing it correctly. Um, but yeah, so. That uh, that special drink holiday was on Monday, and then Wednesday was Grand Marnier Day, um, and that is something that Chris and I are celebrating. Um, I found a recipe. We're both really into sangrias right now, so I found a recipe online uh, for a drink uh, for a red wine sangria. Um, so it's got red wine, it's got cognac, Grand Marnier. Um, and then apples, oranges, and strawberries are the fruit. And nice. I believe it is pretty tasty. Chris, thoughts? It's quite good. I'm, okay. I'm um I'm running out already, I think. So, you know. 
We better so. we better get to the the main topic before yeah, while this it. is yeah. still coherent. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that was our drink holidays. Nice. Uh, are you cool. celebrating along with us, John? Or are you going rogue? I'm going rogue. Um, more orange things. Uh, two okay. chicks. Two uh, chicks. Yeah, I've got I've got two chicks here for video viewers. Okay. Um, it's sparkling new old fashioned. Contradictory there. Yeah. Sparkling new old fashioned. Okay. I want to make sure that you yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how is it a new old fashioned? I don't know. They because they changed it up, I guess. I mean it's got a sparkling element to it. So whiskey, spicy ginger, and orange cocktail. No, okay. Yeah, product of Canada. What's that? Do they muddle each can or, or not so yeah, much? Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Probably not. It's it's very mellow. Like, they're tasty. You know, it, it seems like more of a thing now. It's cocktails in a can. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. But I like it. I, it's like, I just don't. I know there'll be beer tomorrow at the family reunion. Probably not good mm-hmm. beer either. So I'm just going <laughs> to, like, you know, wait for that, I guess. Sure. And uh, have something else tonight. So. So, yeah. Um, OK, everyone, we promise we'll be getting to the main topic. Um, Indeed. Loki, we'll, we'll get there um, for that. Just a couple of news stories. It kind of covered uh, enough Witcher already. Uh, um, a little bit of uh, going from. Eastern um, Europe culture to just Eastern culture. We've got <laughs> uh, Skyward Sword. New Zelda game, mm-hmm. well, remastered <laughs> Zelda game. Yes, uh, it is now out today. Um, so if you're a Zelda fan and a Nintendo Switch owner, you should probably pick that up. Seems like a a needed item. Have I you already started? A bit of this game. No, I I I can't play anything with my hand. Oh right, like, ah, I can rude. Play like, uh, <laughs> Like dating sims or card games, you know, or something like that. But uh, yeah, visual novels or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I haven't I haven't picked it up yet, but I probably will. I played originally on the Wii quite a bit, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'd never beat it. So kind of looking forward to getting back into the into that. But then I have this lingering thing that Ghosts of Tsushima, like director's cut for PS5, is coming out right um, in August. And right. it's like, well, maybe I just want to wait and get into that. So I don't know. Dilemma. Dilemma. Well, all the more reason to uh, wish you a speedy recovery, and hopefully, when you get know, it right? checked, your hand is is doing just fine. It's doing fine. I re-break it playing <laughs> some intense right. video games. Yeah. Um, that'd be bad news. Um, and then full male alchemist, mm-hmm. um, from one young blonde hero to another, mm-hmm. uh, it's, um, the creator of full male alchemist, uh, Hiromu Arakawa is, um, going to be releasing a new manga series. Finally mm-hmm. been quite a while and we don't know much about it, but Basically, they've released a kind of teaser artwork poster thing. 
and I'm excited. I really liked Full Metal Alchemist, so uh, I have high hopes. Yeah, you guys consumed Full Metal Alchemist at all in any form? Um, Not me. As a show, yes. Um, I haven't watched the whole thing through, um, but I have seen Full Metal Alchemist. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's such like a, it's one of those like bases and those touchstones, you know, like everybody yeah. Full Metal Alchemist, you like know. Um, so I just felt like I needed to see at least some of it. So yeah, it's a, it's definitely some big news, even if we don't you know, have have a title or a release date yet. It's definitely like something big and something to look forward to. Right. Yeah. Um, I I never finished Film Alchemist Brotherhood. Mm, so it's mm -hmm. kind of an inter interesting situation. You know, the manga came out, Full Metal Alchemist, and then they adapted it into an anime, Full Metal Alchemist. But the anime deviated heavily from the manga. Mm -hmm. And then but people loved it anyways. And then people then they went back and made Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which is more true to the manga. And people love mm -hmm. that, too. So yes. I'd like to know where the fan community sits on, which is better. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting because because I I watched um, Full Metal Alchemist and Phil, um, our friend Phil, who's been on the podcast, um, is watching Brotherhood uh, because he said, like, so many people told me, you know, like they both are really great. But if you want to stick to the manga, then like watch Brotherhood and you get like a lot of the same elements. But it's like you said, more true to the original story. Mm -hmm. So he decided to watch that. So it'd be interesting to like have us like watch our shows through and then flip flop and see what we end up liking better. Yeah. I mean, I would totally do a show uh, mm -hmm. about Full Male Alchemist. Yeah, kind of just the whole thing and the differences and some of the stuff uh, up to the release of this. Yeah, because um, I'm hoping to hoping to read this. So. But yeah, well, hopefully we'll get more details soon on on when that will be released. Yeah. And uh, checking out this story, I just saw something as well. We were talking about Pokemon earlier. Mm. I don't know this person, but I'm sure plenty of people do. Mabel joins Pokemon 25th anniversary celebration with new single. Does that mean Mabel. anything to you? No. Nope. The Pokemon 25th anniversary celebration continues with the latest musical collab from for the series International Pop Star Mabel. Oh yeah. I mean uh, that yeah, that everyone knows clearly unveil her latest track Take It Home on Friday with a monster studded music video to boot. So there's a music video featuring Pokemon. So, I mean, it might be worth watching, right. I guess, you know? To... Oh, my God. It's, Good for yeah. Mabel. It's, yeah, the, I'm looking at some of the music video right now. It is trippy. She's watching a giant Pikachu and Celebi battle. And Jigglypuff <laughs> is, like, the star of her, like, Pokemon adventure in her music video. As Jigglypuff always is. As I mean, obviously yeah, right. Jigglypuff has to be. If you don't want, if you don't <laughs> want permanent marker on your face, you better uh, give Jigglypuff his due. That's a, that, that's a highbrow joke. Not too many people understand I know, that joke. I know. <laughs> okay, yeah. It's a, it's a very niche joke. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. 
in the in the uh, original TV series, if um, uh, Jigglypuff would uh, sing people to sleep and then draw on their faces with Sharpie. I'm not sure if you're an original uh, original yes. watcher, John. Maybe maybe we outed oh, yes. you as new. Oh yes. Okay. okay. Yep. Well, for the people who are under thirty, <laughs> now you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Basically. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, we're getting closer to our main topic of discussion mm-hmm. um, because Creeping. we're getting into the Marvel uh, Marvel sphere. Um, Black Widow, finally, mm-hmm. after a long, long, arduous, like, oh, we're going to release it. Oh, no, we're not. <laughs> uh, we're going to release it. No, we're not. Um, kind of thing. It's finally out now. Theaters and available for uh, with premiere access from mm-hmm. Disney Plus subscribers have either of you watched the film yet not yet no we have not no we we've talked about uh uh if we want that to be our first film we see again in theaters or if we want to wait for something else or if we want to just stream it at home or or what i don't know be a sign of things to come i'll be interested to see how many people uh take part in it yeah yeah i i haven't seen it yet either um it's um i haven't paid too much attention to it other than like back when it was supposed to come out that i was excited and then it just drug on so long that it kind of gotten it's kind of gotten it's kind of like the james bond movie whenever that comes out it's just like man it's been so long now i i don't know but uh but anyways it looks like it had a good opening weekend Mm -hmm. Um, so there's mm-hmm. a litany of articles popping up online about the um, the money it's taken in. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe people have not lost interest in the amount of time. Yeah, I think taken. I think it's a combination of, um, you know, it's a Marvel movie, so there's there's automatically I think an assurance of quality for people. Like, you know, you're you're going back to the movies to a quality movie. You feel like. Um, and I, I, I know obviously like, you know, a lot of people don't, you know, try to read like spoiler reviews before they go or anything. Um, but the, the film has gotten pretty solid reviews, you know, nothing like raving, but very solid. Like this is a good movie. Good job, Marvel. Like way to, way to open back up in the theaters with something solid and, and long overdue for Black Widow. Um, so yeah, so I, I think it's good. Honestly, like good timing on their part. People are feeling more comfortable going back out um, and going to the theaters. And, um, you know, they're just like they're ready to see a quality movie. So this was the movie to to draw people to the theater if there was going to be one. And it looks like it has based on the based on the box office. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see um, what it does. I liked the Variety article. Um, mm-hmm. if wants to look it up, it's really kind of trying to discern, um, like how successful this is and how are we going to determine success mm-hmm. moving forward? You know, it, cause yeah. it, you know, it was always a thing like you would, you would see success by a box office number. You get opening weekend numbers, uh, and how many theaters it was opening in to put that in perspective and then you'd see whether it has legs and what, how it's doing in the competition is very like kind of transparent in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and now when a company owns their own distribution method for everything, they mm-hmm. can choose to reveal or not. 
Right. So it's very interesting. Marvel reveals some numbers for their the digital streaming edition of this. So that means they must be confident in it. Do yep. they do that going forward? They kind of show their hand then. So like if they don't say something in the following weeks, does that mean that it's dropped off like they don't like? Or in future movies now, if people are, you know, you've set that expectation. Oh, hey, why no numbers now? It did not do well. Right. And so that's why right. companies like Microsoft and Apple or whatever, they very often do everything they possibly can to not reveal actual numbers. Right. Um, because then as soon as they don't give you numbers, you know it's because it's bad. <laughs> yep. So I don't know. But yeah. yeah and interesting I think, times. I think it'll be interesting to follow to see if other films do this. You know, if other like film releases do this on other platforms, um, if they feel the pressure from Disney to like, you know, follow suit. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if, you know, like this, the, the metrics that we're measuring by, you know, are Marvel level successes again. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so, so whatever we've recalibrated the new normal to be in this like offering of theater and streaming, um, you know, is Marvel going to see the same success compared to others? Or is yeah. this just like, everybody's excited that it's like the first Marvel movie and then like everything kind of drops off from there? Or are they going to be able to like sustain big numbers moving forward? It's going to be so hard to tell because everybody's going to, yeah. it's, it's the same thing where like when they're trying to do, um, you know, someone's trying to figure out video game sales or something like that. They can mm -hmm. only figure out like physical sales of mm -hmm. whatever certain systems and that doesn't count for digital sales. And like, it's always this, it's a guessing game and so many things. And the theaters weren't that way. There was a, there was a way that no matter what the, it was Paramount or Universal or whatever, you would see what was happening and that was it. Mm -hmm. And now like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, I guess we're going to see by what they make sequels to and not. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe that will be our deter determination. Right. Um, otherwise, yeah, I, I think it's going to be it's going to be weird for that, um, because then it gives the companies the ability to really try to spin stuff one way or another. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for a long time, Microsoft switched for, you know, they switched their metric that they reported for gaming stuff to like money made to monthly active users mm -hmm. because they can make monthly active users sound better. Right. Than the than the former metric so right. yeah and i you know what do you guys think about the premier access so you pay for disney plus and then you want the new movie and 30 bucks i i honestly at this point would rather go to the theater than than pay unless there's like something blocking us from that experience like or you know, or maybe we like are hosting like a viewing party or, you know, something like that where like every, oh yeah, we have Disney plus like, you know, everybody come over one night and we get premiere access for whatever because, you know, we all want to. But if it's just like us watching it, honestly, like I'd probably rather go to the theater and spend that 30 bucks on tickets and popcorn and the experience of being in the theater. Right. Yeah, it just seems so egregious to me. I remember uh, talking about this. Actually, one of the podcasts I listened to was talking about this when uh, I think the first film they did this for was Mulan. Uh, Mulan. 
when it came out. Yeah. And, and boy, they, I mean, the opinion of the people that I was listening to was just like, this, I mean, so many people are going to pay it because they're going to, but like, it just seems so egregious. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that like, if you're, uh, if you're a family with three or four kids and you're going to go see Mulan, um, like you're going to spend 50, 60, $70 at the movie theater because you've got a whole mess of kids and movie sure. theater ticket prices are what they are because they know they're, you're going to spend more money or as much money on concessions if you have children. But like, just for like a couple like Andrea and I, if we were the only ones to go, like, boy, I just, I can't envision us spending that much money. And, and frankly, I like to see movies because of the theater experience. So it just seems right. really out, out of the, uh, out of our ballpark anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. And sure. I'm, you got a gaggle of kids and it's going to be a frustrating situation to go to the theater. Right. Yeah. Yep. You still are trying to make them happy and then, you know, it's going to be an exciting thing for them. You know, every, you know, you, you go and you get your snacks and stuff and it's, it's an event and, that's that's cool. I, I I agree. I would I would go to the theater, uh, spend the excess on whatever else I want. A lot of nice theaters now with nice food and whatever. Yeah. Um, or wait for it to be available because I can mm-hmm. buy it for less than thirty dollars and then have it forever. Presumably, even if I don't continue the subscription service. Right. So well, and you know, it's eventually going to be on disney plus yeah right like it'll just be there eventually Mm -hmm. like you don't know how long you're gonna have to wait like who knows could be because we we, this is really sort of like an unprecedented like you know release now like it does it gonna work the same way that like dvds used to work where it was like Mm -hmm. nine months to a year or is it gonna be like just six months or are they gonna try to push it longer who knows um, yep. but eventually it will be there. So, you know, some people yeah. are going to probably play the I mean, waiting game. How do you compare it though to like HBO max, you know, so HBO max, they give you day one releases of new movies, um, on For a the certain service, time, no yeah. extra thing, but yeah, then it disappears. Mm-hmm. Then it's, so it's kind of the other way around. I was going to watch, actually now we're going to watch Mortal Kombat. It's like, right. Boxing and Taekwondo. It's like, let's watch a martial arts movie. And uh, it's not there anymore. So, yep, yep. Yeah, yep. you get a limited amount of time. Um, I kind of like that, actually. Um, I think it creates more of a sense of urgency. You know sure. what I mean? Like, it, it gives people, like, the, you know, oh, like, it's there, but only for a certain amount of time. Um, and, yep. you know, like, an HBO Max subscription, if that's what they're going to do, is so much more reasonable than, like, a Premier Access, like, 30 bucks. Um, And then it just sort of like entices you to keep going because then you could like find all the other things that you really want to watch. And then you're like, oh, but it's not that much every month, you know, whereas like I know it's not that much money, truly, but 30 bucks at one time just like seems much more Mm -hmm. when you think about it in the moment because you're already paying the subscription. Exactly. You're you're. Yeah, and you're already paying like the subscription fee and it just feels like, oh my God, it's so much. Whereas like yep. the other way around just makes it seem more reasonable. Yep. But I think that Disney would have problems doing that because their content is so close oh, to tied to their identity. HBO I agree. Max can have Mortal Kombat and nobody mm-hmm. thinks HBO. 
So you don't, right. you know, Disney has to create their catalog. Yes. And you, it's weird if you go there and something that is theirs isn't on the service. Yes, so. I agree. I yeah. agree. Yeah, they're they're much more. They're much more of a brand, whereas mm -hmm. HBO Max is a service. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, okay, well, we'll see how that goes. I plan to see it sometime mm -hmm. coming up here, hopefully. Um, and yeah, hopefully it's good. In other Marvel-related news, well, Marvel-related, Marvel news, um, <laughs> is uh, Marvel's What If yeah. trailer, huh? So you saw mm -hmm. this. Yes. What are you guys thinking? Um, I am super interested and intrigued by this. I don't know if it's going to break my brain. Um, <laughs> because so the the premise of the show is, you know, what if different scenarios happened in the Marvel universe? If one person or, you know, one event happened just a little bit differently, how would that tweak the Marvel universe as we know it? So, for instance, um, what if Steve Rogers wasn't Captain America? What if it was Peggy Carter and she was Captain Carter instead of Captain America? You know, how would, how would that, like, change things in the Marvel Universe? Or what if it was um, T'Challa, you know, Black Panther, um, who was kidnapped and taken away um, by the Ravagers and became Star-Lord instead of Peter Quill, you know? So different, different things like this. So every, it's all characters in the Marvel Universe, but it's just like, what if this happened instead? And then it's a, it's a bunch of shows exploring all of these different, like, variant scenarios, um, which I kind of thought, and... I don't think this is going to like spoil anything too much. Um, but just like sort of like building off of Loki, which is obviously if you've seen it, um, you know, about the flow of time and different branches off of different timelines. So I sort of thought Loki was like a good, you know, lead in to introduce the what if series because it, it is like like alternate universes almost. Sure. So. What do you think, Chris? I'm, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. The thing that stuck out to me is that I wonder, and Andrew and I talked about this a little bit, like, like uh, she kind of references that, that this, it, I wonder if this is the connection to the timeline they're exploring now in some of these shows. But like, um, I, I don't know. I, th I think that every, uh, every consumer, especially of the Marvel universe, uh, is kind of intrigued by like, I don't understand why this happened. I, I, what, why, why didn't they do this? Like, I think that, I think that's just an automatic gut reaction for all of these different events. Um, and so I think that like, it's going to be popular just because, uh, just because of the fact that like, it, it allows us to explore some of the unique questions. They do this a lot in, in, in history as well. They, there's, Dozens and dozens and dozens of books of like, what if this one major event went differently? And and it, and they always tend to be popular right. because it's fun for fun for our imaginations to run wild. I uh, the part that the trailer stuck out to me was the uh, was Captain Carter was uh, Peggy Peggy receives the serum, and I thought that was a cool storyline. Um, I thought that was uh, um, something that 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 was kind of interesting. But I, I wonder how it's going to be structured if they're going to 
link multiple different storylines together or if they're going to each episode is going to be just an alternate disconnected uh unrelated uh, component um i, I kind of wonder I, I just feel like the more you build those alternate storylines together the harder it will be for a viewer to track so i'm kind of curious yeah i um so what i am confused about with this or i think is a mistake in their marketing i guess is so like you say it's coming to like after loki which seems mm -hmm. to kind of make sense but traditionally a what if is not an exploration of multiple universes it's literally uh you know a thought experiment you mm -hmm. know and so you get to and so even in the description of the trailer here enter the multiverse of unlimited possibilities um to me that's confusing so mm -hmm. are we exploring multiple universes like that exist or are we doing the what your title says a what if what if yep because if it's multiple universes it's not what if it it's what is it is yep just mm -hmm. in a different universe so i i think this is a i don't know if anyone else is going to care but to me this is a major mistake <laughs> i think that is really this don't try to tie this to loki this is a what if what if thing where it's fun to talk about other things that may have happened and how that would have chain reacted and changed things just fun to see superheroes different in new situations without messing with canon or whatever you know right. without any infliction upon that right because um, that's that's the part that like breaks my brain is like if if we are messing with the canon or if we're not because if we yep. are then like that's that's what i'm gonna have a really hard time with um yep. if we're not like you said if it's just like a pure thought experiment like sure i'm down yep. that'll be fun and that's maybe the what it is just marketing's mess it up or they're gonna not consider that people will care that much or something you know yeah i i wonder sometimes if like you know people people who are hired for marketing aren't like fans as well you know what i mean like if they've if they've hired somebody for marketing or if there's like somebody new who's there who's like yeah i'm like really great at marketing but i'm just you know i'm not like like a a fan um, right. so they, they don't know that like, you need to make the distinction because they don't get like what the multiverse is. Yeah. Um, I know, I know like, you know, something similar, like I, I am, um, a marketing and communications, um, specialist in my own, you know, regular everyday job. And when I was first hired, um, at my, my job now, I didn't know a whole lot about public health. So I was constantly mm -hmm. had to like run things by other people because like I'd come up with this yeah. like great marketing strategy and then be like, uh, but I don't, I don't know about the content. So somebody should double check me on the content. So that could be what happened yep. here too. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I, and you can see through that stuff. Like yep. if you're not, you know, definitely. I, I know what you mean on Twitter. Some people it's like someone, whoever's running that, Either they really get it, what they're doing, or you can tell when they really don't. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. Yep. Um, okay. Well, I mean, I'll give it a try. See what else they say about it, you know? I think it's fun. Oh, yeah, I think it's fun to be fun, no matter if it's connects. And it's fun well, that, um, it's fun that, you know, everybody who is the character 
you know, in live action is voicing. Uh, this is an animated series, if we haven't said it so far. A lot of um, a lot of them, not all of them. Yeah, somebody, one person sounded different to me in the trailer, and I can't remember who it was. I think Cumberbatch isn't in on this one, and I think one other person isn't as well. Okay. Um, yeah, they, they, they could, but I can't remember. I, I read it in an article that that uh, there's a couple of voices that weren't in it. So they did. They did say uh, they did list uh, Chadwick Boseman um, was going to be T'Challa, which mm-hmm. is a bit bittersweet, as this may actually in actual uh, be his, you know, kind of final show. Um, sure. Yeah. Not his, you know, physical. I think that was Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, was his final like in-person movie, but this could be his like final, you know, product that's coming out. Yep. All right. Well, uh, August 11th, look forward to Mm -hmm. that. And as for stuff that just concluded, um, Loki, Mm -hmm. so we can get all spoilery about the third major Disney plus Marvel universe release show Loki. We can mm-hmm. say Loki season one uh, yes. specifically. So um, obviously spoiler. so before we spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. <laughs> yeah, before we did um, one through three episodes, one through three, we have four through six now, but also this will be our obviously overall um, thoughts as well. So Loki, um, episode four, Chris, what'd you think? Yeah. So, uh, episode four, we start off, uh, with the, um, temporary, I suppose, salvation of, of Loki and Sylvie on Lamentis. Um, the door opens up from the TVA and they get to, they get to return. That was the first question I had about the episode is, uh, so I, I don't think it ever shows us uh, that Mobius is responsible for this, but I kind of get the sense that he's probably the one that, that opened up these uh, these doors for them so they could return because he had asked uh, he had asked uh, um, uh, his superior if he if he would be able to access uh, individuals um, uh, to gain more information, try to figure out where they might be hiding, et cetera, and. And so I'm kind of curious uh, who is responsible for bringing them back and and why, if this was a Nexus event that was going to cause a massive branch, why didn't they just let them die? Uh, if if they knew that it was a um, they couldn't survive without being saved, that, that was a question that popped in my head. But yeah, I, I liked it. Um, I think that uh, I'm trying to come up with a better phrase, uh, but I, I, I liked episode four probably the best out of the last three. Um, only because it was the one that I felt like um, it didn't start to lose the thread. And I don't mean that the, the, the story was impossible to follow, uh, but it's just, that's, I, I think when I, in the middle of episode five, it kind of hit critical mass for me with the number of unanswered questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, uh, um, I thought number four was the easiest for me to kind of wrap my mind around what, what was going on and what kind of questions they were, were trying to answer. And so, um, yeah, I, I, out of this next set of three episodes, I really liked this one a lot. It was, um, it was fun to see that dynamic. It was fun to see, um, Loki's, uh, influence, um, on, uh, on Mobius, obviously, uh, convincing him that this was a, um, just a, a ploy that they needed to dig in more deeply with. And, 
Um, except for one spoiler out of episode six, which I'll save till later. It was the moment that gave me the uh, the most um, the most excitement watching them kind of uh, mm. turn on turn on the TVA. So, okay, nice. How about you, Andrea? Yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed episode four. Um, you know, both moving in a rewind um, to kind of check out how Sylvie. Um, had come to the TVA. Um, it was, I think, I think pretty disturbing and a really great glimpse into her motivations because there's something funny, I think, in the first episode where we see Loki get taken by the TVA and he goes through all of these things like, you know, they strip him down, they put him in the TVA jumpsuit, they, you know make him go through all of these things. They make him wait in line to be mm-hmm. judged. Um, he's got to walk through that that detector that's like, hey, if you're a robot, you might die. Like, you know, it's yeah. all kind of like funny and like, ah, right. like what's going on? And then you see like just this tiny young child go through all of that. And it's like suddenly less funny, you know? Well, and we still don't have, have an answer for what she did. We, we No. To this, to- no, we don't know like her like thing. Um, right, right. So yeah, so there's there's just something like less funny about it happening to a child, and you sort of like get like why she's so traumatized and so um, needs to bring down the TVA. So I thought it was like a really good episode for you know exploring her motivations, exploring why she's so singularly focused. Um, and it really builds, I think, for the audience, um, her motivations going into the last two episodes and why she's sort of like so blinded and so narrowly focused on like figuring all of this out and figuring out how to destroy the TVA and unfortunately spoilers, um, why she and Loki our 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 version of Loki, Tom Hiddleston's Loki, um, you know, turn on each other a little bit because they disagree because she's so just like, this is my goal. I have to achieve my goal. You know, it's what I've been working for as we see literally her entire life. So yeah, it's a, it's a great setup episode. Um, I agree with Chris. It's, it's definitely the easiest to follow in terms of plot. Um, and in terms of, you know, like, it's more singular in a timeline. It's more linear storytelling, whereas like episodes five and six are do kind of require you to like take a broader view of things and like sort of like wrap your head around some theories that aren't as easily digestible. Um, so yeah, so I think episode four was really well done um, and a good kickoff to like you know kind of the the back half of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, um, I mean, and seeing uh, Sylphie go through that, obviously we now have context of what's happening. You mm-hmm. know, when we first see Loki going through the process, we have no idea what's going on. Right, And there right. is, a, an ele- like you say, an element of humor and who knows, and then we kind of get brought into seriousness when someone gets zapped right away or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that takes a moment, and then as we find out more about the TVA, so yeah, when we go back now and see it happen to another person, a child, understanding the uh uh what's actually going on now mm-hmm. certainly makes it uh, makes her more understanding 
we also get a sense of um, how quickly I think it sets up episode five and episode six for how quickly this the storyline kind of unravels because Sylvie has been determined to uh, not only dodge the TVA but come to a conclusion of what who controls the organization for what twenty years at least uh, she's been on the run. If you, if you go from the age of that young kid to the age of of Sylvie as she's no. as she's portrayed. Much longer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> with however they age, to my understanding, she said, I was I was taken and like pruned before you were even born to yep. Loki. Oh, sure. So sure. Okay. Much older. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. It's and, been, then, uh, and remember yeah. as Guardians, well, and, sure. and I guess our Loki isn't as isn't an as Guardian, but uh, presumably, you know, ages the same way you know they talk about like we live five thousand years in Thor. Even more just hundreds of years potentially that they've that she's been trying to figure out and this all just kind of comes to a head all within a couple of days time theoretically so mm-hmm. yep i was happy with episode uh four because it was three that um when we, we talked about on the show that i thought mm-hmm. was kind of the weaker episode where it seemed yeah. okay why is why is loki being so um you know he seems to not have any plan he seems to be so reckless with this and like it just didn't seem it, they weren't giving him yes he has he is a character and yes he makes mistakes but it didn't seem like they were giving his him his due credit yeah like there were you know he wasn't being treated as a um cognizant enough character and I think mm-hmm. that the rest of the series that turned around. So whatever, whatever it was like that was needed as a as a plot device to get them to where it was like a hopeless state on this planet that's gonna, you know, yeah. whatever. Uh, I think that was probably my my biggest issues with the show. But and then I like the question you asked there, Chris, because that's a it's like um yeah, why um with the um why did they not just let them die? Mm-hmm. Was it just too many questions because of like, why did this all of a sudden create this major divergence? Like whatever you did, like they noticed it on their screen. And it was it just like the curiosity, like what is happening right now? Mm-hmm. Let's go pick them up. Or was it like, no, you need to be brought in front of the timekeepers to answer for your crimes. Or was it like the, their leader there, um, like not wanting I don't know, wanting to see uh, Sylvie and be ended uh, herself. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think that had to have something to do with it. And in addition to the fact that that maybe it was a um, curiosity about like what they've learned from this experience. Because I, 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 and again, this is jumping ahead a little bit. I, I don't really know what Renslayer is, what 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 her function is precisely. Um, that where where she uh, where her motives fall at this point, um, uh, moving in at, at the end of season one. But yeah. I, I think there had to be. I mean, the whole point of of Sylvia hiding out in these apocalyptic events is that they never alerted uh, um, alerted the uh, TVA, and so I, I wonder if they were even able to figure that out. I I, I don't think we ever will figure out exactly how they located them in that moment so well because they created the the event the nexus event so or this so it was going to end you can't see the stuff that's going to happen because but this was a change now 
this yep. was like all of a sudden timelines diverging or whatever, you know, and so it was enough to show up on the radar. Well, um, yeah, well, and, and don't we don't we get from and major spoilers now, I'm just going to go all in for it. Um, he who remains says in our in our later episodes, you know, I've paved the road for you. You just walked down oh. it. So so don't we get sort of an idea at least that, you know, this is part of a plan you know, like there's there's something here that, you know, them creating the Nexus event and being noticed by the TVA is part of a plan because they have to get yeah. to this moment where like he who remains knows and sees all and knows what's going to happen um, right up until, and, you know, episode six after. where he doesn't. So, so, so yeah, so he have, at least, so part of this has to be like, part of a plan i have thoughts and questions i'll save it for a little sure, bit here sure we'll get back back to that for sure um let's see so well, otherwise in four what's that yeah i was gonna say let's ask the question that's on everybody's mind um what's alligator loki or <laughs> alligator loki uh, loki's backstory <laughs> i know right i mean <laughs> that's uh, that's that's a like real that question. A comic book. They could do yeah. a release a one shot issue of that. Yeah. I was I was honestly like this close to wearing like a green shirt. Yeah. Um, and I have got like horn earrings on, and I was like, look, I'm a Loki, because mm. apparently that's all you need. <laughs> they were like, Yeah, well, he is green and he has horns. He's a Loki. Yeah. And I was like, well. Yeah. <laughs> I think we need to be creative. What's it, what's your what's your uh, what's your backstory for Alligator Loki? Like, how do you think that that evolved? <laughs> I think I think actually. So not to take this to like too serious a level because you know I think it's just supposed to be funny, like Alligator Loki. Um, but I do think it's funny that they didn't choose like one of the traditional shapes that Loki is said um, to shift into, like in Norse mythology. Mm. Like, there's Wolf Loki, there's Horse Loki. There's snake Loki. Um, I think there might be one more animal that he does is purported to have changed into. But yeah, I just think it's funny that they chose like alligator Loki, which is like yep. nothing to do with Norse mythology. Well, Alan shared this looks like some fans have already beat us to uh, um, to the punch for creating alligator Loki's backstory. <laughs> Odin so. adopted the alligator of mischief. <laughs> I did see the I did see the uh, the frog uh, variant uh, um, as it was buried in the soil as they went down to the yep. hideout. Yeah, yep. five. Yeah, um, four. I guess um, reminded me that I think they still need a better stunt choreographer. Like I liked the look of everything, but when it came to fights and stuff, I still like it lacked punch to me. Yeah. Um yeah, the the one the one fight I did like was between Loki and Sylvie in the last one. Yes. That was the best one. Yes. It was the yeah, it was the best one. Yep. Um yeah, episode 5, so while, while we're talking about uh Gator Loki, um Oh, I don't want to totally you... leave episode 4 though. Cuz I okay. d I I definitely have something to say about episode 4. Sure. Okay. 
So first of all, I have to, because this is one of my big complaints with the Thor movies. Um, I have to say, I loved seeing Sif, even if it was fake Sif in a time yep. loop that the TVA created. I loved it because I'm still very salty about the treatment of Thor's companions in the Thor movies. Like they hmm. were all there and they were all present in the first one. And it was really fun to see everybody. And then in the second one, we sort of like shifted away and everybody was kind of only there for like a laugh and a joke and like to support like the main plot. And it was really like Thor, Jane and Loki. Um, so I sort of felt like everybody got the shaft in in two. But then they really, really, really got the shaft in Ragnarok. They, like, they murdered everyone. They did. They just like everybody died right away. And Sif wasn't even there. And I was really pissed about it. And they, I felt like they just like shunted everybody to the side just so that they could have Valkyrie and Hulk be Thor's new buddies in that movie. Yeah. And I'm really mad about it. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. A six-year grudge in the Stuart household. <laughs> Seriously. I, I loved the storylines that were going on with Thor's companions and like, they're such a big part of his mythology. And I just really felt like those characters got the shaft. So I was really excited to see Sif pop up in Loki. I, I mean, I agree. Cause like there's definitely, and I've been part of it, uh, like a, a sheen around, um, what's his face now blanking on his name, Ragnarok director. Oh, Taika Waititi. Um, yeah. Whereas like can do no wrong sort of mm -hmm. thing, but it's a little unfair and it makes me more concerned about his follow up Thor because I mean, it came out when you had Thor Ragnarok, it, it was great because it instilled such a like kind of breath of fresh air from the previous one, the previous one that was less, less well received. And then to move to this, it's like, oh, this feels it's tonally very different and it just felt fresh and exciting. But I don't know how much Taika Waititi cares about stuff other than making a like fresh, entertaining kind of goofy show. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, that definitely will come at the expense of like um, any sort of comic book lore mm -hmm. sticking to that. And and then, yeah, these other these other characters, um, these companions that. Yeah, basically after the first one. And I think Thor is a character that needs companions. Mm -hmm. Thor is a character that, um, you know, works well when there's a when there's a team. You know, it's yes. like one of the heroes that's not all that exciting. Honestly, it's the other things around him that make it exciting. You know, he needs to be there. Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like it, it's kind of like Batman. A lot of people. Yes, I love Batman. But Batman wouldn't be the caliber he is without his rogues gallery, without right. all the very well-known, very uh, different uh, collection of villains that he must face off against. And mm -hmm. or is that way too? He needs, he needs that. And so having some other heroes at his side to like have some fun with and stuff. Um, right. Yeah. It's, it's lacking. Right. He, yeah, he's, he's social. He's like a social character and it worked in thor ragnarok for him to be like 
you know, on on this planet and he's like befriending the other like quote unquote gladiators who are being in like this these battles yeah. and arenas and it was new and it was funny like you said, like it's a breath of fresh air. But I don't think you can just lean on that in every movie. You know, you mm. need you need the like actual companions of Thor to make it feel meaningful, to make it feel like we've been in battles together. We, you know, we have this like camaraderie. We have this like, you know, ease between us. Um, we have the chemistry, and that's what I really felt. Um, these other characters had like Sif and Fandral. Um, you know, like they had with Thor, and they brought to the first movie. And then that was missing from the second because they were only on screen for like two seconds and then, you know, completely gone from the third, which again, I would excuse because like one movie, sure, new characters, fun, fine. But now we're going back to another movie, you know, Thor Love and Thunder is coming out. I I don't know that I'm as willing to accept like, again, if we're having new companions. Um mm-hmm. I'd rather have it be like more of, you know, the traditional like comic book lore or mythology. Well, and like you say, they were just like unceremoniously dis dispatched. You know, just like gone. Just done. You know? Done. Yeah. So, and I know that's to like drill home the threat, you know. Right. Of, uh, Hera, but, but it uh, but it it felt a little it felt a little unceremonious because it was so easy. It was so just mm-hmm. like they're gone now. Like one scene and boom, like yep. Volstag and Fandral and um and like I said, Sif wasn't even there. She just wasn't even present. Like we don't even know. It wasn't even addressed. So yeah, and lots of other people lived. So like, why couldn't have they have been and like helping escort people mm-hmm. to safety and like you know the last right. line? They could have. They could have made it longer in the movie. But yeah. Anyways, so so yeah. So not to not to take yeah. Yeah, not to take a son too much of a detour. But I really was excited to see Sif. Even like I said, if it was just for like this moment, just because I was really excited to like bring that part of the the mythology yep. back. I hope that's that's something moving forward. Um, yep. And then, obviously, I think we need to talk about in in episode four the fact that spoiler Mobius dies. Or not. Yeah. Like that was yeah. huge. That was so huge in episode four. Okay. That uh, yeah, that that, you know, his his quote unquote good buddy, you know, his friend Renslayer just like is like, sorry, but you know, you're gonna be deleted mm-hmm. now. Like that was huge. Yep. I was so crushed. I was like, Owen oh, Wilson, Mobius. Yep. <laughs> I just wrote "son of a bitch" in my yeah. comments. That was what happened there. I said, so, "I said, I hope he's riding that big jet ski in the sky." Yeah, <laughs> I'm so obsessed with jet skis. I had like flashbacks to uh, um, to uh, um, Infinity War <laughs> when when the uh, every character we care about just like disappears into ash. So, mm. yep, yeah. Well. I did think then when we got Loki being pruned at the end, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. either they're making a very big mistake here and they're right. forcing us to shift to a different Loki right. to care about, or he's not dead. So, right, right. Mm-hmm. 
But but I mean, when Mobius is pruned, like we definitely right. felt At like that moment, it like, was real. Oh, yep. So yeah, you so should have known better. Lies and lies, <laughs> lies upon lies upon lies. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I uh, I mean, four four really had some big things happening. I mean, Mobius is pruned. We felt that betrayal. Um, you know, cause, cause especially because he felt like Loki was telling him the truth and he was like, yep. you know, I really want to go back to wherever I came from. Um, and then we, you know, we had the forcible taking to the timekeepers who turned out to be androids, yep. you know, <laughs> like I, I, I thought that they weren't real, you know, I, I wasn't sure that they were alive and then it seemed like they were, um, and then we find out, like, almost immediately afterwards through this, this you know, carefully choreographed fight scene, which, again, was awkward, but served its purpose in showing us that the timekeepers were just, like, robots. Like, four had a lot going on. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Now, I really liked that set where they had the timekeepers. Yes. Mm-hmm. A nice, imposing thing, keep people at a distance, you know. It really is the Wizard of Oz, like, it's it was pretty fakey. I was thinking like uh, something's not right about this. It honestly, <laughs> you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Shazam. Like that. Oh, that hall yeah. that they come yeah. to at the end. It, it honestly reminded me of Shazam. Like it, in, it reminded me of the in a good Star way. Wars when they killed Snoke. And you're like, well, that was easy. When mm. Kylo Ren. And, oh, and- yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, sorry. I'm, t- I'm talking literally just the set reminding sure, me of sure, Shazam. Sure. But yes, I agree. Like, when, when they got to the timekeeper and they, like, cut off its head and it was like, boy, that was easy. <laughs> like, Yep. No, I, I, I enjoyed the episode a lot. Um, anything else on four before we move on to five? Um... I don't think so. Although I I did just sort of like quickly note that, you know, I I think another key point for Sylvie's character was brought up in this episode um, where they, they keep talking about how she's lived her life. And we see it in this episode from being a young, young child, mm-hmm. basically living in the shadow of apocalypses for how right. many hundreds of years and like what would that do to your psyche and i think that's a really big point again for sylvie's character like growing up in uh worlds that are about to be ended and like just knowing that you're in some place that's that's going to be destroyed and that's all you know like you know nothing of stability you know nothing of uh permanency um so i think that's a really important point for sylvie's character and and again speaks to like what her choices are in the next two episodes. Sure. Um did we buy at all for a second that uh what's her face was gonna help um that okay. Renslayer or whatever was gonna help Sylvie here? Sylvie? Or Sylvie? Oh yeah, no. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's no, like- no. She, was- she clearly has a lot of. Uh, I, I don't think that she has any like particular alliances with the with the higher authority here, but like she clearly has personal motivations that are far more important to her than to, than she's confusing to me. 
Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't understand what's going on there. Um, so hopefully that gets explained and, and it starts to make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I can't decide if she's trying to escape or if she, now that she learned that something's fishy or if she's trying to seize power in some way. I, I can't decide yeah, which is which. That's like, do I want to just find whatever is in charge at the top because then I want, you know, I want to be the one that does that or is it, I don't know. She seems like she wants answers, but then when she gets clearly like, you know, brushed aside when she's asking for mm -hmm. answers from their little AI, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know, but I'm very confused. Like, yeah, are the friendships are the friendships legit or not? Like she is willing to prune Mobius, but then because it's it's to protect you are the traitor we're protecting the the sacred timeline here mm -hmm. you know and you're you're the you're the betrayer but then i'm gonna go find who's in charge or whatever right i'm gonna right. go to the top like i just don't i don't get it yep mm -hmm. yeah yeah they don't have really great consistency with renslayer um and that's I'm very sure frustrating i'm sure there's a reason I I'm, so. I'm, I hope so too. I mean, obviously, we have now confirmed Loki season two, so we can explore and hopefully get some sort of answers about this because, yeah, it does seem wildly inconsistent in season one. Like, yep. I want answers, and like, you know, Mobius is like, oh, you know, you're, I know you're seeking answers, but you're not going to get them because you only want them. You know, Sylvie needs them. So there's clearly mm -hmm. some sort of like drive to be like, well, what is this? What is the TVA? But what is she going to do with that? Because she's right. still like upholding the TVA even while she wants to exactly. question it. Yeah. So, yeah, very confusing. It's going to find them and be like, see, I'm your number one. <laughs> you, you know, give me a promotion or look something. how smart I am. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, look how smart I am. Who's got speakers on? Yeah, who did that? I just heard my own echo. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we get to see the uh, the the pruning garden or the the uh, apocalyptic wasteland with the all the other void, the void, the void. What do we Pur uh, purgatory? Yeah. yeah. What do we think of all those? I I, I enjoyed some of the Loki's. I guess. Mm -hmm. Kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, it was fun to see like how many different versions of Loki. I I love how they explain that there are so many Lokis in there because Loki's above all else like a survivor. So they mm -hmm. they sort of like set up like this, like you know, this is the reason why there are so many Lokis here because they keep like yeah, you know, dodging Warring factions. Yeah. Yeah, they keep dodging like the ultimate punishment and the, cause they're so good at surviving. So that was kind of fun. Um, and then, you know, like the betrayal upon betrayal upon betrayal, because that's just Loki. It was just like, oh, this makes so much yep. sense. It's great. Um, although when they did start battling with each other, I did note it's like a bad video game. It yeah. really that was a really that was a really terrible. <laughs> See, and see again it's one of those things that it sort of demeans the character a little bit it does you know it's some of that stuff like i i though i enjoy it and it's over fast enough it's a little bit like i mean you gotta balance that that your character is uh like basically a god 
or your character's a joke. Yeah. You know? And so it kind of goes back and forth. And and then we see in this episode, like clearly old man Loki uh, is not a joke, you know? Right. His outfit's kind of silly, but like these guys have abilities and stuff. And uh, yeah, you're talking, you're talking Richard E. Grant's yeah. Loki, classic Loki. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Yeah. I, I loved, I, I, I loved that part of the episode. Um, just seeing Richard Grant's Loki, his classic Loki, and getting back to a lot of like Loki's magic in this episode, mm-hmm. because I feel like the, the Tom Hiddleston Loki and not not maybe through any choices of his, um, but choices of directors more more likely, um, have focused more on like the Loki that does stuff with his daggers and you know does stuff with swords and weapons and things like that. And early early mm-hmm. Loki, if you look at like the the first Thor movie, even the second Thor movie, um, is really focused on his magic. And I felt mm-hmm. like we strayed a lot away from that. And I love that this episode kind of like brought us back to like, Loki is a powerful magician. Like he yeah. can do some really cool shit. Like let's, let's go back to that. And it's so yep. important because the magic is tied in this version of Loki um, to his mom and to his bond with Frigga. And she's the one who taught him all of this magic. So it's so important to him. And because his mom is so important to him and she's like the kind of the only character that he has really cared about for so long. So yeah, let's get to this like prowess with magic. Yeah. I I like the line that they say, you know, I think we're maybe more powerful than we, than we mm-hmm. know or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I mentioned that I in our previous, yeah, I, I mentioned that in our previous episode, like was Loki going to learn how to use his power in a different way? And, and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we really didn't see extensively uh, that, like, I think that that is, is something that will come in season two, that he'll begin to exercise his, his power in some significant way. Although, lots of questions to be answered before we know what yeah. that's going to look like. One of my favorite things about uh, the season, other than um, the philosophical questions, is the relationship between Loki and Sylvie, mm-hmm. Sylvie and... Um, I really connect with their moments together. And like, particularly mm-hmm. in episode five here, when they're having their kind of cute little thing with sharing the blanket mm-hmm. and stuff, like I really like that stuff. And I think that those two work well together. I like mm-hmm. the dynamic between the characters, the sort of like standoffish thing, but like growing to try to trust one another. Yeah. And it's definitely one of those things, like it's setting you up for, you know, setting up for disappointment, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's like, I want to see this work, you know, not only is it so incredibly fitting for a Loki to like fall in love with himself. Totally. Um, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's just it's really, metaphor. I think, well done with these two. Like mm-hmm. I can see it in their faces and I buy it. Mm-hmm. So I like those moments. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's I think it's very well acted um between the two of them and I think it sets us up for like you said like just this like ultimate disappointment mm-hmm. in the later episode. Yep. 
Um, I guess my issue with episode five, it would be that we start getting jumping to like conclude. I, I guess I understand, but I'm like, okay, well, you're going to go and try to enchant this creature. How does that guarantee you that you're going to be able to get yeah. anywhere from doing mm -hmm. that? The only sure. thing I can get is that she kind of saw some stuff when it like reached her. Yep. So I think that's what we're supposed to latch on to is like, okay, we can believe what that she's confident in what she's saying here right. because she kind of sensed and felt something through that. Because otherwise it's like, what does this how do you know this is gonna do anything for you? Right. It's a it's a little quick though. It's a little like jumpy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's I, I wish they would have like done something to show us that that was lo more logical. Do you know what I mean? Like it was just, it was just so brief that it was like, yep. okay, I'm taking this on faith here. And I, and I believe that this can happen, but it was just like a little like, wow, that's really brief to like base this entire plot point on. Yep. Do you guys think that the other Lokis would all just like, yeah, we'll stay here. Um, Kinda, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, un it's unclear to me, like what uh, they're clearly so petrified of the Eliath creature that they're mm -hmm. not even willing to consider the possibility of engaging or interacting with them. So they've basically just been on the run for their entire existence as long as they've been in the void. Um, and and like, is we don't really see anyone that isn't. Uh, a Loki outside of the characters we already know, like Mobius. Um, yep. So, like, is the void really just a place where it's a, it's an automatic death sentence for the vast majority of variants that are pruned? Like, the TVA has been pruning people for thousands of years, and the only twenty people that we see are all Lokis. It's it's kind of strange that uh, yeah. that he's the only one that's been able to survive um that entire time period and and that this creature that the um that he who remains has managed to tame or or whatever um mm -hmm. yeah has only been able to not kill loki's yeah yeah well i mean i guess they sort of you know they explain away like we send stuff to the void and whatever happens in the void we don't really care you know yeah. like, that's just it's forgotten about so yeah. yeah, well, it, it, they did talk about like, I don't know if they were also Lokis, but they did talk about like cannibals and other people, you know, mm -hmm. other people coming. If we, they see a car, it's usually whatever. So, right. You know. Yeah, I think I think the the couple Lokis made sense to me, like um, like alligator Loki, like where was he going to go? What was he going to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like, does he want to live in a pool his whole life? I mean, like a kiddie pool. Who knows? You know, he, di he didn't. He didn't really seem to have like eventually. a whole lot. He didn't seem to have like a whole lot going. You know, going on or like a whole lot of ambition, other than like he was the first I'm not one gonna to lie. launch the offensive. I'm not gonna lie. I love that like Captain hooking of yeah. other Loki's yeah. hand. That was hilarious. <laughs> but he just didn't. He didn't even seem to have a whole lot of ambition going on. So like, maybe he's comfortable. Maybe he's cool, just like drinking boxed wine in his little kiddie pool all day. <laughs> um, 
And then like kid Loki who defeated Thor, like he's he's the the unofficial king. Um so he was like cool with staying, I think. And then like old Loki, all he was looking for was companionship and he found it. So like those very limited set of characters, yes, I believe that they're like cool with staying. If you expanded it to more Lokis, no, I would not have believed that they all wanted to stay. It's kind of a weirdly perfect place for Loki to exist. <laughs> only himself to uh, only himself to conquer and, and nothing mm-hmm. really to rule. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Okay. I um I love the uh the visuals in this again. I think that mm-hmm. I think that this is of all the Marvel shows so far, this is the best shot. This one has yes. the best eye behind the lens um in general and uh color grading and just like it just looks good and so then when the monster's coming for him and then uh the richard loki is like building the city you know behind amazing that That was was so cool oh i loved it let's find some wide angles on the actress says alan yeah they they just there's a there's a better eye behind this show than the other ones so yes um, it was this this episode in particular was just I mean, they've all been been wonderfully shot. But this one really, I felt like was just excellence all the way. Some epic moments. And yeah, um, I do have to say, like. Uh, speaking speaking of the moment where they're facing off against Elioth, um, Loki waving his flaming sword, I totally mm. had flashbacks. Oh, Legit or not, you tell me. Jurassic Park. To Jurassic Park. Park. Yeah. 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 It was totally no, Ian good. Malcolm, like, waving the flare. Yeah. It was just like. Yep. I, I don't know if that's very specific and, like, only people yeah, of our generation. <laughs> like, yep. But yep. that's that's exactly what I thought of in that yep. moment. And I was just like, oh, my God. What are you doing, Loki? Yep. Yep. Helen says Sam Neill's going to be in Thor: Love and Thunder. Okay, I mean we're we're getting those connections. Seriously, that's excellent. I love I love that because like wasn't wasn't he um, Der Odin in Ragnarok? Was like wasn't he in that like play within the play that like. Um, in the beginning of oh, Ragnarok, when it's like the tragedy of Loki, interesting. And Matt Damon is playing Loki, and I think <laughs> Sam Neill was playing oh, like Odin. Right, yeah, yeah, I'm, okay. I'm pretty sure. So yes. I wonder if that's yes. Alan says yes. I love it. It was so great. I totally well, remember that's Sam Neill. Bit of his role in the next one. Yeah, Maybe it'll just hopefully be another it's... little cameo thing too. Yeah, hopefully it's it's you know more substantial. But I just I just remember Sam Neill like talking about like this little blue baby melted this old man's heart. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's funny. Um, okay, you talked about some of that stuff already. Might as well get to the big stuff, right? Yeah, episode get six, the finale. Um, Bef- you know. So they're escaping and we they're like get 
they defeat the enchant the the monster Elias mm -hmm. there or Eliath whatever and um get to this we have this we're given this kind of crazy warping sort of going through hearing voices going through the mm -hmm. cosmos kind of thing yeah and um we emerge at um some sort of castle mm -hmm. which looked cool again mm -hmm. lonely but cool so i mean it, we we have a, a sassy little clock given our <laughs> protagonists some a, a choice here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. And um, it's refused. Um, and we get to meet the uh, the one that remains. One mm -hmm. who remains. What do we think of him? What do we think of this finale here? This uh, what's like the answers with the answers we got were they satisfying and were or were we given too many questions in return or whoever chris, has the most chris i'm gonna put this here. to you yeah i'm gonna put okay. this to you chris yeah i um i mean i i don't i have i don't have to have read the comics uh very deeply to understand that this is that this character is clearly uh Kang, who is this multi-universe villain? So, like, that's he's clearly going to be <clears throat> the alter alter v versions of himself uh, are going to be um, like that's who the statue was at the very very end. It, it has to be. Um, I, I'm I read that the uh, actor who played uh, was it Jonathan Jonathan something. Um, he is uh, uh, he's already been. Uh, cast as as Kang in the next Ant Man film, so um, it's it's obvious uh, who who this guy is uh, that he's Kang the Conqueror, and so um, and and we were just dealing with like one version of him of him. I I, <laughs> I guess I have a really complex question and a and a really straightforward mm. question. Sure, um, Jonathan Majors. Yeah, thank you, Alan. Um, so I guess my, my really complex question is, um, how is time really structured here? So like we saw the Citadel at the center of this, like this time circle and we watched the branches kind of emerge. So it, exactly how is, um, is this kind of this timeline structured? So when they walked to the Citadel, my first thought when I was watching it was, why are all these statues broken? Like, why is mm -hmm. this? Why does this castle look like it's in disrepair if it's just this one guy hanging out there? And I don't. I didn't understand why it was so dark and dingy, and why. Um, and so I, I think my my sense is I don't know when they when they when they entered the um, this kind of this citadel. I don't know where on the timeline they are if. If he already knew that these things were going to happen, but then there was a an end point, you would think that the timeline is in a straight line. But like, what other interactions have occurred at the Citadel where there's these broken statues and broken pillars? And I'm just kind of confused exactly what the Citadel represents. So that was my first big question I had when they when they entered. Mm. Well, um, okay. So as opposed to you time running in a straight line. This is you're saying it would seem to imply if you're going to the end, mm, what's your mm -hmm. alternative? Now, I mean, I understand that the, the 
the phrase time is cyclical and and he yeah. seems to suggest that mm -hmm. um be, because because we're dealing i think the complication is we're not just dealing with time and time travel we're dealing with multiple universes mm -hmm. and so if multiple universes can exist and then you can go to any point in time at any universe yeah, i mean it's i don't know it complicates things well and um, he shows time when he's like explaining his past to Sylvie and Loki, he shows it in a loop and he shows mm. like these multiple rings on top of each other to like signify like these different universes existing. So, so I think it's really interesting that, like you said, it's, it's something to work out with time because they talk about the end of time, you know, this, like this, you know, like Sylvie and Loki are trying to get to the end of time. What's beyond the end of time, which would yeah. which would like imply that time is linear and a line. But then when they get to the end of time, um, he who remains shows them or Kang the Conqueror, you know, however you want to term him, um, shows them like this time, this time loop, mm -hmm. you know. Well, because so, so, what, so what is what time then? What does the threshold represent? Because he referenced it like that was the moment they crossed where he doesn't know what happens. Right, right. Like, what so is, is the it in the loop it, again? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's, it was confusing to me. I was trying to visualize it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it obviously, if this is the end of time, end of written time, then or known time that's only for one universe mm -hmm. right so we're so you know theoretically there's a different occurrence like this or whatever in another multiverse but that i guess that doesn't make sense then because this one has to be controlling all the other timelines mm -hmm. right to mm -hmm. to so, so i mean are we in it because are we in a situation where they're managing the timelines of multiple different universes, or are they literally just pruning out the creation of new universes? Right. By right. divergence from the timeline. Right. With, you know, yeah. I don't know, because that would imply then that you couldn't go to another universe or, but it must be that the sacred timeline keeps all of the multiverses on Line. track in their on yeah. their own separate track. separate but is this then somehow a point that is ruling oh you know, like where is this in time in space time right you know is mm -hmm. this in its own universe i mean or because again otherwise this would be occurring at the end of time in every universe right and then he would have no authority basically over the all the multiverses which clearly he and the tva do right so and how I, does this and, and outside think, of time yeah and i think it's clear that there is there's a tva in each universe controlled by different groups because which is another question i have but i'll double back to that later uh when loki appears at the end of the episode and mobius and b15 don't recognize him um clearly that's another universe so Sylvie has managed to 
push Loki into another uh, another universe. Um, and so, first of all, how did she figure out how to do that? <laughs> but also, clearly, or, there's or a is it intentional? Right. Yeah, there's clearly a, well, like, yeah, there's a clearly a critical mass moment in each of these universes. But is that the threshold in every universe, or is this? Yeah, is there a central timeline? It's it's hard to understand exactly what what they're uh, implying here. Because mm-hmm. yeah, that that's a great point. Because with a separate TVA and a different universe, how would the how would there be any order maintained within? amongst the universes right between them yeah so so clearly this one uh he who remains clearly he's the most powerful he beat back his opponents but like what does that mean how does he keep them in line and what authority does he have over this different universe that has clearly Mm -hmm. kind of spelled out differently yeah so like is he in a in a timeline that is like desolate and completed and it's at the end of that in that universe that's basically the far out point and then he can create his androids to act as puppet heads in Mm -hmm. all the different universes Mm -hmm. or is he a convergence of all three different layers of the different universes and he is the one at the end now that he doesn't exist anymore there is no central authority so now it's going to be a fight for a new central authority well, and that just so that you know, and the other thing that adds like a unbelievability to this is that um, normally when you think of a multiverse, you think of infinite universes, like mm-hmm. that's yeah. the presumption. So it's like, how well, okay, this must be a finite amount mm-hmm. because otherwise it would be like completely unmanageable. There has to be a known number of involved universes. Right. And then you try to stop new ones from existing, basically, you know, as you diverge mm-hmm. on the time, things would diverge on the timeline. But that leads me to like, okay, so I can understand how he could know what's going to happen because essentially, if you're able to travel to these different universes at different points in space time, you can see everything that's going to happen and you could mm-hmm. like, no, because you can go to any point in time. Yeah. Right. But how could you, how can you observe that? That's what I want to know. Like, you, I don't see a, a mystical orb there, you know, magical ball where he's like looking into it and can see everything that is mm. happening and like rewind mm. and, and jump between universes to know, like, how does he have, like, yeah, Alan's showing it right now. How does he have the script? Right. Of what's being it's- said. And like, is that his only way? Like, yeah, I, it's so old school. It's such like mm-hmm. a weird technology. Like it doesn't, it doesn't seem like a newer technology. You know what I mean? Like it, it's so like, yeah, this is a printout transcript that, that gets printed out. Like it's not, it's not technologically advanced enough for us to believe that like it's a tool that lets him know what's going on in other universes, this universe, like the whole of time up to this point. Do you know what I mean? Like the technology is so backwards. 
you couldn't possibly like, oh, I have it right here. What's, you know, gonna, it's like, um, mm -hmm. it's literally not possible to store the amount of information that is required to know of what is happening at all points in time and all of existence on paper. Yes. You know? mm -hmm. Like you need uh, some sort of digital catalog, which maybe exists. Yes. And he printed these up for the special occasion. He's like, ah, I got to go to this other multi, you know, older <laughs> universe to get toner for my damn printer that doesn't, you know, make anymore. And over God, here, the and, cyan you know. on my printer is out again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we I think if you can warp himself around the room, I think you can probably fabricate printing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, so it's, I, I liked his, uh, I liked the story. I liked the setup. I, I appreciated the, the explainer that he gave us. And I, I was pretty satisfied with how that went down. You know, okay, yeah. I'm this guy in the 31st century. I discover that there are multiple universes stacked on top of one another. Mm -hmm. I am able to uh, figure out a way to traverse between them. At the same time, obviously, in these different universes, me in those universes are also figuring this out. Mm -hmm. So we're meeting and discussing and like, it's pretty good for a while. Exciting. And eventually this travel, like, I don't know, opens up or something. And so mm -hmm. as opposed to World War, now we have wars between realities. And right. oh, my God, isn't this a mess? And I'm going to be the one to end the rest of you and like quell this, this chaos. Mm -hmm. um, so I like that setup. So is this ultimately a story about like, is season two going to be about the rise of authoritarian, like heavy handed iron fist rule or, or what is the next he who remains going to going to look like? Cause clearly that's where we're headed. Like this is going to be a, yeah a larger battle of Loki in a, in a one universe versus uh, the universe we're familiar with. There's going to be some sort of conflict that occurs now that the higher authority is dead. But this is so tough because when you do this, all points in time exist all the time. Mm -hmm. So like, you could you can have whatever struggle you're having right now with the multiverses and the chaos going on, but you could still always go to the the end point and be the same situation. It still mm -hmm. is there in space time in that universe. Like, yeah, it just gets it gets. I love time stuff like Doctor Who stuff, but mm -hmm. it does get really messy especially again when we're not dealing with just time travel we're dealing with multiple universes as a whole another layer of complication and I, do, I mean do you think they can explain um how this is and how it makes sense in season two or are we going to be is it going to be a well you just have to take our word for it mm -hmm. yeah that's I that's the latter the you just have to take our word for it. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be. I think they did what they're going to do to really explain what's going on. They might explain why, what, how different worlds are different, but I have a hard time imagining that they're going to really invest time in in a miniseries trying to explain like. Because I think I, I mean again I don't know this from firsthand experience, but I do know that in the comic series, like the multiverse is explored significantly, mm -hmm. and I have a hard time. 
I have a hard time uh, thinking they're going to spend a lot of time trying to explain it because there's just too many storylines to chase after. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why, like, you know, it's what what was happening with WandaVision, what we expect to happen in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse mm -hmm. of Madness. I think it makes sense because you're going to have... Um, like it's a chaos that's unexplained. Like you're, you can have a thing where you're tearing holes in reality. And like, I feel like it doesn't need to be explained if something weird happens, but when you're going to set the goal for yourself to have an organization that literally controls all of this, mm -hmm. and now you're going to explore that, that all of a sudden you've put the burden on yourself to explain it. Mm -hmm. And that's really, really tough to do. Yep. Um, I don't know. I mean, and it's also, uh, it ruins some of the mystery. You mm -hmm. know, if you have a, a multiversal thing that you can harness because you don't really understand it, that kind of leaves that, you know, it, it's sort of like, I don't know, if you really did meet God and then know all the answers, it's like, well, you know, I guess that's, I guess that's that. <laughs> you know right. that's uh that's where it is there it is okay no more questions right and it would be very weird for a person I, you get a little bit of that here you know yeah. i'm really curious sylvia was able to open up a a network uh through the 10 pad to and 10 pad to another multi multi-universe it's kind of interesting to yeah i think see. i, I think I, at least that's something they're gonna have to explain in season two you know what I mean? I like was, yeah, I feel like it was an accident because they were at whatever this converging point mm -hmm. of the timelines and universes. Is. Sure, and and whatever the explanation is, like I'm willing to roll with it. I just think it's going to be something they're at least going to have to explain because they're gonna have they're gonna have to get Loki back to this other universe that you know we're in. Whatever universe it may be, main universe with the sacred timeline, like, you know, one of the other universes, whatever it is, um, they're going to have to get him back there somehow. Because if they don't, like, we're not invested in the story. Right, you know what right. I mean? So, so they're going to have to explain how to get him back there. So they're going to have to explain that in some sense. I have to say, I loved this show, but it did... Whereas before, I'm was nothing but excited for like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. I'm now worried. I'm now mm -hmm. concerned about what's gonna, how this is gonna play out and mm -hmm. how it's gonna be explained. And and to me, this show question like because earlier the talk was that the shows weren't gonna be required viewing, so nothing too dramatic was going to happen in them. This one right. does it feel like just, maybe just that's changing? On another universe. <laughs> no big deal. Just stumbling on another universe. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it will be kind of disappointing if, like, season two or however many seasons they do of this, it's all sort of buttoned up, and then it had no impact. That would be kind of disappointing. I agree. Um, but well, and you I, know, and I think. I think the thing that we need to remember is we don't even know what's going on in the uh, in the timeline that Loki left. Like we're kind of thinking of like the TVA yeah. sequence as like on the timeline, but that's kind of 
Like, what is what, it? What, yeah. Yeah. What, what space precisely is the TVA existing? Because it's not in the real world. And so, like, right now in time, we're still kind of frozen in the Loki steals the cube moment in time. So, what, like, theoretically, nothing actually will change if if everything is resolved by the end of season two. But... But then, what's the sequence? Does Loki still die in the MCU? So... That's that's what I'm saying, like... That we're still tied into canon MCU because everything that He Who Remains offers him is tied to events in our understanding of the MCU. He's like, oh, do you want to win New York? Or do you want to win against Thanos? Like, do you not want to die? Like, everything is still tied to what we know happens in the other Marvel movies. Yeah. So it's not like... It's not totally branched off. So there's some sort of still connection to the events that we understand them as happening happening uh, in a linear progression in the MCU as we've seen it. Yeah. My, my only thought is that they could do five seasons of Loki and it could wind sure. up ending. And, and the, the cube incident is resolved and everything just continues on the way that it was. I agree. But for now, like, we at least, like, understand what what universe we're in mainly. And yeah. what universe, like, Loki will be trying to get back to. Because obviously him going to a different universe opens up, like, multiple different possibilities for, like, what happens to the other, you know, characters in the MCU and to Loki. I think, you know, maybe, you know, who knows, but I think that he'll get pulled back into the main timeline that we're familiar with mm-hmm. in Doctor Strange, because mm. then if you see, if you're only watching the movies, then um, he dies. And then now we have Doctor Strange and Wanda doing crazy stuff with the multiverse and dimensions mm-hmm. and stuff that he gets popped back through from doesn't matter where now mm-hmm. we have Loki back. Sure. And so we and that's what we have for season two. Show that there's all kinds of stuff going on that he went through, but to the movie moviegoers, it won't have, they won't have, that won't have mattered. Do we know? That would be my guess right now. Do we know if he's in Dr. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? No. And I would hope they would keep it a secret. Oh, he was. Mm. I have, I have things. I have things. I, I just look, I just looked up the cast, so I know some people who are in the cast. Well, in fairness, too, with them, we know that anyone can show up in any of these Marvel movies. It could be and not like necessarily be, yeah, totally. Yeah, it could be a thing from the flashback. It could be all kinds of things like that. So, absolutely, absolutely. Um, what's do that? we do we want a yeah, spoiler? Yeah. Do we want a spoiler? No. Chris says, "Of course, John." Oh well, I, from your reaction, Loki's in in yes. the movie, or is that he's he's in the cast list? Yes, and no more. <laughs> yep. No, I, I I won't. I won't. I mean, I don't know anymore. I just saw like the cast. Also, Bruce Campbell did pop up as in the cast, so. Interesting. Okay. Super excited about That's that. Cool. 
I mean, I'm okay with him seeing a timeline for a moment and he's like still fighting zombies with a chainsaw on his hand. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. I don't I don't care if it's like five seconds, like yeah. I'm cool with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Multiverse stuff is messy, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. often it seems like people do multiverse stories so they can like write characters that are they they're tired of the character that they have or the place they have or the thing that they have i want it to be different so let's introduce a multiverse and mess it all up you know let's mm-hmm. i now i can have the character be the way i want to write him or have this piece and that you know it's like a grab bag and it's kind of a convenient thing but it can get messy and yes. uh, it can be fun but it can be abused so like, yes i don't know ultimately i'm in i really enjoyed the show and i but I still, when I'm done with it now, mm-hmm. would rather this have not been a Marvel thing at all. Mm-hmm. No, I, I still would rather it be its own thing, create your own lore and your own, own world. And we can really, because then you really do have that freedom. You're not beholden to anything. And right. um, I think it can be equally as interesting. You know, we have gotten very little like, connect through thread to anything else in the marvel universe Mm -hmm. like yes we get there's more impact to what's happening to loki or whatever because we've experienced you know we've gone on a journey with him previously in other movies Mm -hmm. but that's kind of it yeah you know and so or this show like potentially has grand repercussions for the marvel cinematic universe that hopefully is well thought out and considered because I just saw a thing now. It just came out. Uh, Kevin Feige did an interview. Uh, um, this was uh, yeah today. Um, there are people writing about it. Where they just had a, a big meeting. Um, during an interview with D23 Inside Disney Podcast. Feige mm-hmm. said the multiverse is coming up in a big way. There's interconnectivity uh-huh. there that people have already started to see and suss out. And I had a meeting this morning with the whole board or with the whole broad Marvel Studios team going through the multiverse and the rules of the multiverse and exactly how to mm-hmm. really deliver on the excitement surrounding the multiverse. So to me, it seems like this should happen like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so hopefully if the ducks are in a row because spider-man is happening that's mm-hmm. well underway yeah dr strange is well underway and we obviously had this this kickoff with things with uh wandavision and now this show so mm-hmm. like i hope they can hold it together mm-hmm. uh, god i hope so i hope i hope this doesn't turn into like a dc i know level. right use the you multiverse mess. to explain whatever we want do whatever <laughs> we want and if we mess up, we're just going to like, oh, blame multiverse the multiverse. Away. Yeah. Yeah. That can't that can't be an excuse for lazy story writing and lazy like plot points. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. DC has already abused that so much that I just I get so nervous. Like even even knowing the the excellence that Marvel has shown us and I know is in like their writing teams it's still like such a touchy thing for me right now, seeing how the DC universe has messed it all up. People get cocky, you know, they they have have a decade of like 
largely honoring source material and creating these movies that were multi-million dollar projects that like succeeded the box office like no other an incredible achievement you know there's some hubris now Mm -hmm. it's like you know we can do anything and we can't Mm -hmm. fail like you know and they'd start getting you so can (laughs) you so can yes so i just i don't want to i don't want feige to bite off more than he can chew Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, like if he's talking about working on Star Wars projects as well, like I just, mm-hmm. you know, you know, focus and work on the craft and like blueprint a whole, you know, new story arc here and not hopefully not wing it. Right. So. Right. Oh, um, boy. What do you guys like? I really liked the I mean, I didn't I wasn't happy that Sylvie and Loki were fighting at the mm-hmm. end, um, but it obviously gave our gave the audience uh, the two philosophical points, sort of. And mm-hmm. in fairness, Loki was basically like, "Let's just talk about this for a second. But um, mm-hmm. basically, we had the well, be damned with it all sort of thing. And so they're not like strictly with the principle only. They also had their own motivations. Loki's right. like, well, I am like falling for you and we need to make this work together. And she is like my like vendetta, my entire thousands of years of existence has led to this. So like there's those elements as well. But it's also, you know, we get the one who remains explaining like you can take over or it's going to or it's going to be chaos. Like doesn't mm-hmm. the safety sound nice? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have the fights to determine which one that should be Mm -hmm. the the chaos i argue inherent in life or the Mm -hmm. safety provided by uh, an authoritarian Mm -hmm. yeah i think this is another uh um another moment in this show in which uh (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i i was wrong a little bit the last time when i'm like why was i think this is in episode two or three is like why is Loki just like wasting his time getting hammered on this train with these random, uh, yeah. random people leading to the apocalypse? And and I, I just I have a hard time, um, I have a hard time believing that uh, there isn't some sort of broader idea concept here. Like I think he recognizes in the moment that Sylvie is. Not short-sighted, but clearly, like, motivated on her one goal, which is to, like, bring an end to the system that put her where she is. Um, And I don't know. I just, like, I I have more confidence in the the character of Loki that we're familiar with, that he's, there's some sort of broader plan here, um, or that one will emerge quickly. I, I don't know if he has it formulated yet, but I don't know. Maybe I have too much confidence in, confidence in this I character. I think so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, think, I think the time for that, right, was there and passed. I think it was, sure. again, is showing a little bit of a, a disrespect for the character. And and like it was used as a as a vessel to get the plot where they wanted. Uh, not necessarily as design is really a slight against the character, but uh, that's what it ended up being. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do we take this intelligent, competent, uh godlike being incredibly powerful basically impossible to kill character 
and then make it so they, you know, there's two of them now, mm-hmm. doubly smart, and they get trapped on a place that's going to, you know, that's going to, everything there is going to be wiped out. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's a little like, yeah. It's yeah, Loki's, Loki's a stretch. The Loki we're familiar with is hopeless. <laughs> like every time he, he crafts the beginning of a plan, it falls apart quickly. So it's just like, yep. it's very strange that they're treating the character in this way. Yep. No, I, I hope there's a, re- a kind of a redemption arc almost in uh, season two in that way. And I feel like, I mean, we've gotten genuine change from this Loki that I've appreciated. So mm-hmm. those are the things that I, I, I do like. And I hope we don't see that disintegrate. And that will be the weird thing mm-hmm. if we get that where he's pulled back into the mainline Marvel universe and all of a sudden he's different. And right. again, it's one of those things like, OK, are we going to? I mean, we're going to fully embrace taking this villain that people are passionate about and make him not a villain anymore. Mm-hmm. We're going to redeem him and make him now a, uh, an, a, a, a aspirational character. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Well, they've, they've already done that. In if you just watch Marvel movies. I mean, he's had redemptive moments. I mean, you can argue he's had his Vader redemption at the end. Exactly. That's the point. That's I think that's what people remember the most, you know, Mm. like now that now that like in Endgame. Right. No, in beginning of Infinity War. Infinity War. Infinity. Yeah, sorry. Infinity War. Um, You know, he stood up to Thanos like that was really like his defining moment now. Because of yep. the original Avengers is just so long ago. I mean, you 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 get it, like ah, uh, New York, but it's it's such like a distant touchstone for people. They just they sort of remember now more the redemptive arc of Loki, you know, standing by Thor yep. in Ragnarok and standing against Thanos in Infinity War. I mean, as a f- if you're a fan of Loki, do you not go through this series and feel a little bit stung kind of all the way through? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. sort of like, okay, so you get in here and you like, you know, you're bombastic and you brag and then it, you're, you can't do anything about it. And then we show you what happens to you and mm-hmm. it's kind of sad and pathetic. And then it talk about the people that, you know, I've killed people and whatever. And then it's like, some of the people that just came back, you didn't accomplish anything. Yeah. And he's again, trying to do like kind of lame, half-hearted, I'm fooling you that I'm on your side, you know, or when they're doing a little investigation and he tries to trick him, like she's right outside, you know, whatever he is. And um, all this stuff, none of it works. Yep. All, he always comes off as looking shallow, less pathetic, than, less than, he gets in a fight, he gets beat up, like, it, yeah. you know, and it, I don't know that the character deserves it, um, mm-hmm. you know, and again, it's another, this would be better outside of Marvel. If this was not taking a his, historied Marvel character and, and telling the story you feel like telling with him, mm-hmm. um, as much as I am enjoying it, you know. So. Yeah, I agree. As someone as someone who's been a fan of Loki from early early on in the MCU, this this series makes me frustrated for his character. 
because he does always come off like on the losing end of things. Like he's silly. He's, you know, not that good at lying to people, which is like supposed to be his thing. Like he's always losing these battles. Like, um, you know, in these last two episodes, like everybody is like, Oh, Sylvie seems more confident than you. Like probably should go with her plan. Like, you know, there's just so much that's like, can we just like take a moment and and give Loki some credit here? Like he is a, a a capable being, you know. He doesn't always have to win at stuff and he he doesn't um he doesn't need to be some sort of like brilliant mastermind and like whatever, but he can be capable sometimes and it sometimes seems like he loses too often. He's been moved demoted from villain to comic relief. Right. Yeah. Right. To punchline. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yep. And then yep. that's driven yep. home by seeing all the other Lokis and their like pathetic little battle. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Exactly. Then it's, it it's then we see the amazing, awesome moments like we're, you know, like old classic guy Grant, Loki. Loki. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it's unbalanced. Yes. It is yep. hard, hard, hard for me to segregate though, like where we are in the timeline. Uh, in the in the standard, I guess, sacred timeline, I th- a lot of the character development that we really enjoyed watching happening with Loki happened in the second Thor film and in Avengers and in um, yeah. or in and yeah. in, uh, in, in, in in Ragnarok. And so it was kind of that's character development, though. Like I'm saying, like capabilities. Like, like competency, he's already demonstrated. Like, he was the main villain in Avengers. Like, how how does he, like, stop? He accomplished anything outside of, like, like, one large battle at the end. Like, he was smacked down by Thor when he was, um, uh, uh, when he was trying to, like, capture those people and put them under his authority. And he just, like... Like the story of Loki in that film wasn't a success story. It was a story of like petulance well, that's, that's, and that's Hulk who like really threw him down at the end, and that's Captain that's America. Yeah. That's Captain America in Germany when he decides to like take down all those people, and he yeah. he holds his own against Captain America. I mean, I get that like Hulk is a different story, um, yeah. you know, because there's there's some there's some like weird like you can't really measure Hulk. Um, sure. you know, like he can't quite get up to Thanos, but he can get up to like everybody else. And like, I'm not sure exactly where he lies and like the power balance of the MCU. But like Loki is is demonstrated to be quite capable. Um, and then suddenly like in in the in the, all the stories following Avengers, he's demonstrated to be less and less and less capable. And I feel like yeah. this series is feeding is feeding into that narrative in like a not great way. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, which, which, um, John's point, which if this is not going to have an effect on the main timeline of Avengers, like what is all this character development for? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, because it will be weird if Loki all of a sudden comes back to the main timeline and he's completely different. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. this will feel really, really shallow if he is like, right. I've been hurt now too many times. And, you know, I my Loki counterpart, I thought I could trust betray me. And so I'm just back to being Loki again. 
well, right. then that's really meaningless. Right. What's the point of that? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if, if, if he does pop back into the main timeline, it's, it's, he, they're going to pick a moment that makes sense that he kind of makes like a key decision, whether that is um, right before he dies or, or whatnot. Like, I feel like it's, they're going to have to pick a moment for him to pop back into whole consistency. I was going to say, I feel like, I feel like they reference that moment a lot. So perhaps that'll be the moment, you know, right. that, that we, maybe, that we, maybe that's the way that Loki survives. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, I will be disappointed if we don't get the the meaningful Loki um, character development and then it doesn't stick. Yep, I yeah, I agree. Well, well, without going into it for spoilers of Game of Thrones, I don't want a Jamie Lannister situation right now. Agreed. Agreed so hard. Oh, that was an unceremonious death for a guy that we invested a lot of emotional energy in. Yes. Yep. That, yeah. Apparently, he learned point. nothing. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um. I. I don't think it's it's too spoilery to say like, I. I mean, George R. R. Martin is still working on you know the book versions, um, yep. of events that have that have happened in uh the the show Game of Thrones, and I really hope, really hope he's learned. Um, mm-hmm. perhaps from some fan reactions, how not to take that character. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All the things they did is like, oh, I was going to do that. Oh, they didn't like uh, it. Oh, just no. kidding. Back yeah. to the drawing board. I mean, yeah. there's, you know, I don't, I don't want to be one of those people who like advocates for like authors have to listen to fan reactions no. and like they're too constrained. But I, but I really do believe in this circumstance that like a lot of people you, were very disappointed. It. You'd feel that as a writer, you'd be like, well, look, I mean, maybe then they have a point here. Like, I need exactly. to consider this because it's not like a small group of like disappointed, yeah. like, oh, I wanted it this way. It's like so many people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we certainly can talk about some other things I want. But uh, like for me, last thoughts anyway, as I was thinking, is yeah. just the question to you guys, what's would you do whose side did you take you're given the offer by the one who remains mm-hmm. i am tired i am exhausted from this you know mm-hmm. what i've set in place works it keeps uh it keep at the expense of many lives it keeps a peace and it keeps a balance uh kill me and take my role and the the system is yours to manage and control and to uh keep back the forces of chaos or do you or do you go along the lines of just end them and let it fall? What choice do you guys make? Mm-hmm. Boy, I mean, I'm I'm not a I'm not a believer that uh the answer is a person. Um I don't I don't I don't have a strong sense that uh that Loki or Sylvie or a combination of them would, would be able to to manage this. I just don't I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure I'm a chaos uh, chaos proponent either. Just like let the branches go where they go. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think taking his temp ad would be a pretty pretty terrible decision. I yeah. I taking his temp pad. Yeah, the little the little wrist thing that he offered. Yeah, he offered his little yeah yeah. I. I would be at least up for a conversation. I think that 
that our Loki, Tom Hiddleston's Loki, um, has a point in like, let's just like stop and think before we like yeah. kill and and let everything go to chaos. Um, but in the end, I would probably come down on on Sylvie's side and say like, let it go to chaos. Um, just like the TVA is so authoritarian and there's so much like prune first, you know, ask questions later. Um, if there was no way to like revamp that or, you know, cut back on that or something, I don't know. It just seems like, like the, the glimpses that we've gotten of the TVA in the second half of Loki are so authoritarian. It's like, it's too much for me. Um, but I wouldn't be opposed to like stopping and having a conversation, which I think their their fight is weirdly about. Like I get Loki's like, you know, this is this is a weighty decision. We probably shouldn't make it in ten seconds. And you know, just you know, pointing of the sword goes in the other guy. Like you know, we should probably think about it. Yeah, I don't know what you uh, you know like. It becomes one of those things you dwell on it too long and you find no new answers. Maybe, you know? maybe, but but at least you can like have maybe some peace of mind about like, you know, we we at least thought that about was it. Well considered, yeah. You, right. You know, we talked about it and, and maybe we didn't get anywhere new, but but we at least like felt solid in that we heard each other out and thought like, mm -hmm. you know, this is this is our points of view and you know, if well, we still if we still disagree, then obviously something needed to happen. But at least we talked about it. The so I guess oh, good. Yeah, so I guess the question is, did does Sylvie uh, believe he who re he who remains that like chaos is on the way and that there's going to be an epic battle that they have to fight, or does she just not really care? Is she just out to kill? Out to wrap up her own storyline because I think for season two there's some really practical questions of if all these other multi-universes are ready for a fight and now they this is their chance and they're mobilizing as it, as we clearly see where Loki lands like who no one in the sacred timeline knows that this is a thing except her because Loki's no longer there so, like, how are they going to mobilize a defense? Like, what kind of mm. chaos is going to ensue as a result? Like, so I think it matters if she believes that that uh, that he's like telling the truth, and that there's going to be just right. uh, this, this epic fight that's that's going to come when his other versions arrive. So, that's that's the question that was going through my head when we wrapped up the last episode today. Yeah, and I mean. How if they're all ready for a fight and they're coming, like how are they held at bay? Right. It wasn't the TVA right? or was it that literally like the TVA going to previous points in time to stop things before they started. Right. But again, when you can time travel, all points in time exist all, all times. And so like, I just don't, I don't know, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, know. Yeah, to it's me, not it's not a well conceived like technology. Yeah, we're not yeah, under not conveyed anyways. Yeah, right, right, right. Um you know, I I would have to choose uh 
Sylvie, I would have to go that route. But then the the knowledge you're given or is that we'll just be back here. I'll see you soon because right. it will time will end up in the same place anyways. Right. The 31st or century he- is happening. He is he is still being born and it's still happening. And so he'll find a way to connect the multiverses and he'll win the war and the whole thing and we'll be back to like starts over again. Yep. Yeah. Or did he also mean that he meant his other versions that they'll they'll see his other yeah. versions? I thought it was a kind of double meaning there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Any other thoughts on Loki? Closing comments or like overall opinions or something? Um, My brain hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I don't have any, I don't have any other closing comments, but I'm interested to know, like for you guys, like ranking of the Marvel shows so far mm-hmm. of the what three think, we've Chris? gotten. Well, I, I, I can't put this one at the top yet. I've enjoyed it quite a bit, but I just like, there's too many unanswered questions and it's really obscure. Um, I really enjoyed um uh the 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 one that followed um sorry um vision um and uh sorry, I'm forgetting the title in WandaVision, right? WandaVision, yeah. uh, I, I really enjoyed that. I really liked the 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 structure. I really enjoyed the backstory of that character. I always had lots of questions about that character in the Marvel uh um movies and so I wanted to know more about that. I would still keep that one at the top for me. Um I honestly, I can't really place Loki above or below um, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Falcon and Winter Soldier, so just because I just have a hard time knowing where this was, that where this one is going to go. I, I will say, I guess, to kind of like offer content that's that's worth anyone's time. Uh, I felt like episode um, episode five and six. Uh, lower Loki in my rankings. I will say mm. that. Okay. Okay. Um, I think I would put um obviously WandaVision and um Falcon Winter Soldier are presumably done. Um right. and Loki is not. So this is like basically a season versus those series. But mm-hmm. as it currently stands um, I would put Loki as number one. Right. Um, All right. Just for just for the Im- the improvement in visual quality, for mm-hmm. the questions asked, for the uh, the debate of between free will, um, mm-hmm. or or destiny, um, for having for for playing with time that I like. Um, and for the like emotional moments between our Lokis, um, if yeah, and then I would put second was WandaVision. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it goes in the second because I thought it was a slower start that I was mm-hmm. less interested in. Um, and it kind of ramped up and then it also let me down with Quicksilver. Yes. You know, um it, it dropped some things that like were you know leading someone leading a person to a, a conclusion that was uh the wrong one potentially. Mm-hmm. Um and then Falcon Winter Soldier I thought fell in so many places. 
mm-hmm. thought they're we as we talked about their most interesting characters were not the central characters they were side characters um i thought they had had tonal problems it had uh pacing problems mm-hmm. um it had felt forced with like trying to get um falcon and bucky together and like why they were involved and what their place was in the order uh it, it, it there wasn't much good <laughs> other than like yeah. th- there was a we did talk some f- philosophy that was brought up in there as well there was a few like kind of fun moments with uh i forget some of their names now or whatever but um you know, and, and they they try to bring a, a political relevancy that I didn't need either. So that's mm-hmm. uh, kind of how I'd rake them right now. It keeping it separate from like the Marvel greater Marvel universe, right? I, absolutely. I might change my ranking if I am considering the impact. Like if if I had to consider Loki and what they're doing to the character of Loki, that maybe kind of bothers me, and like maybe that's right. an issue. But as a show itself, kind of deprived of you know removed from yeah yeah and you? i think i think oh. yeah go ahead go danny um so yeah i was just gonna say for me one division just because i'm a, is number one for me just because i was very excited i agree this the start was slow um but i felt like once even I got into like the second and third episodes, I was very excited about where the show was going. I thought it was paced well. Um, I never felt things were uneven. I loved the supporting cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't feel they overtook the main characters. I felt like Wanda and Vision were always like doing something interesting and important for their character development you know, and not being buried by the side characters like the way I felt like well, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier were. Um, and I was really excited, you know, as long as we're we're in spoiler land, um, to see White Vision and to see if there's anything there that they're going to do with yeah. that. Like, it really excited me. Um, I love Paul Bettany and I, and I loved his his version of Vision. Glad I could get that out without stumbling. Um, so, yeah, so I'm excited to see if that that takes us anywhere, you know, Disney, you know, standalone series or in the in the regular MCU movies. Um, I would definitely rank for me Loki second. I really liked the content of the show. I loved the questions that they asked. I loved the risks that they took playing mm-hmm. with time, playing with multiverse, playing with you know, multiple Lokis and, and, and kind of trying to break our brains that way. Um, and then, yeah, Falcon and Winter Soldier is last. I just felt like there was so much promise with that show that it never lived up to. There was, there was an interesting story to tell about how Sam became Captain America, even if I didn't love that he did. I still think you could have told that story in a compelling and interesting way. And it just, there were flashes, there were moments of greatness and that was it. The the show just never lived up to, to its hype. So that's, that's my ranking. And I think that, um, just for, for viewers, I, um, I think we're, I think Loki will, no matter where it goes, uh, I, I don't think it matters what season two brings. 
I think we're ultimately going to have to ask the kind of one overarching question with with Marvel Universe shows, and and that's um, there's going to be two different groups of people. Like one group is going to say, "Well, you know, they they tackled this Herculean task of of discussing like multiverse uh, universe, so we need to give them credit for like trying to tackle that." And then the other camp of people are going to say. Uh, well, like that's an incredibly difficult thing to kind of portray in in a TV series. So you probably just, should have just left it to the comics where 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 it began. And I think that you're gonna have <laughs> you're gonna have those two groups. Like, and I just don't know. I I I really enjoy the origins of the TVA and and that dynamic. I just I don't know. I I'm I'm struggling. Like, I'm a I'm a I'm a pretty dedicated Marvel fan, at least for the last, I mean, not outside of the comics, but I, I just have a hard time. But if I didn't know anything about uh, Marvel, like Loki wouldn't so far anyways, be the show that really got me interested because it's so it's, it's confusing. It's genuinely confusing. So I'm, I have high hopes for season two. I just, uh, um, I think it's going to be hard to, to explain this time aspect better. Well, to be fair, none of these TV series are entry points. I think, in my yeah, opinion, sure, it would yeah. it would be a mistake for anybody to try and enter the Marvel universe through any of these TV series. It is a strength to like that Marvel is willing to make things that don't necessarily have to be fully understood. You mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. like normally the thought is it needs to be watchable and fully appreciated by a complete newcomer. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. Marvel traditionally here has been okay with that. Not necessarily, you still can enjoy it, but there's so much you're not getting if you don't see mm -hmm. the preceding content. Yes. And at I'm least, okay at that, least some of the preceding content, like there's, yeah. there's nothing to say that you need to see all of it, but you would, you would never watch any of these TV series solo and, and know anything that was happening yep this i mean this show i to your point chris is i think probably gonna end up in the same trap that is really easy for a writer to do i do it in mm -hmm. D, D all the time it's really fun and easy to offer up tantalizing questions mm. before you know the answer <laughs> and then having to make that pay off find that answer mm -hmm. In your process, um, yeah, Alan says J.J. Abrams, yep, absolutely, mm. is, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's, you know, jump in, drop a bomb, walk away, let someone else try to explain it. Right, right. You know, it doesn't. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a huge task. I, I guess that's, that's ultimately what I'm, what I'm trying to kind of uh, suggest as my opinion here, is that, like, to, to make season two a success, like, you don't yep. get any of the any of the intrigue of introducing the TVA and introducing right. like how this works and the technology right. and the character. Yep. It's like that's all old news. We're all coming into season two saying we want some freaking answers. <laughs> like yep. what's going on and what's happening and how is there gonna be a resolution and Yeah, and, there's uh, there's nothing to say that my ranking of Loki wouldn't change if season two was just like shit. We, yeah. we we threw a bomb yeah. in season one and don't know how to clean it up. Like yeah. there's there's absolutely nothing to say that like I couldn't rank it lower than Falcon and Winter Soldier if season two is just like a hot mess. 
Time will tell. Yes, Time indeed. Yeah, we're getting a All season right. two, so we have to know. Yeah. Yep. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us for Popcast on the Rocks, episode 68. Everybody give a big round of applause to Mr. Chris and Mrs. Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for joining me, guys. Um, it was fun. And mm -hmm. we'll see what happens with the next Marvel show. Mm -hmm. uh, in the meantime, everybody should follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, here on Twitch, if you're watching live. Um, like it, share it, comment, all that sort of thing. Uh, also, go to your favorite podcast directory. Maybe you don't want to see our faces. That's fine. I understand. You know, just listen to it in audio format. <laughs> and uh, but make sure if you do that, you also like, share, review, subscribe, all that sort of thing. We're on a bunch of the podcast directories, so you can go and subscribe on all of them. That's fine, too. So um, you should also take a look at the band Killing the Flower. They are responsible for our theme song, and we thank them very much. They can be found on YouTube, Instagram, and Spotify. Um, so give them a, a check. So look, um, I didn't make it this week, but typically I stream with my brother-in-law, Lucas333. That's Lucas mm -hmm. with a K on Twitch. That's typically Monday, Wednesday, and Friday in the afternoon. So give him a follow. Even if I'm not there, it's just as entertaining, um, maybe more so. So go ahead and give them a, give him a follow as well. And I think that's will about do it. Again, this has been Popcast on the Rocks, episode 68, talking about Loki. Thanks for joining me, guys. Absolutely. Cheers, everybody. All right.